0: Hey, hey, everybody. It is time. Later time than usual, and that's a thing, but it is time. We always do our thing. We have just returned from Ice and Fire Con, all three of us. We'll say a few things about the con during the mid-roll, other than to say we had a fantastic time. Right? Super awesome. Hell yeah. <laughs> and we'll have more to say uh, as well on Wednesday when we have Shea and Lady Gwyn on, because they both attended as well. Uh, so we don't have any photos or images either of the con or of the episode yet, unfortunately, because we. I mean, when I say we just returned, less than an hour ago, we got to the house. <laughs> We've touched down at Hartsfield Airport maybe two hours ago.
1: I think Shay did say she could get at least one photo up. <laughs> there episode. is one. Yes,
0: I. I, <laughs> I, I should. I should. Uh, yes, good correction there. We do have one photo for the second half. <laughs> So really, normally after a long trip like this, you, we should be resting, but what do we say to the god of rest? Not today. Damn right. Not today. He by the time this... in an hour and 18
1: minutes. <laughs> yeah,
0: by the time this stream ends, it will technically be tomorrow for us, so then we can rest. We may, we may also have some extra cat thunder today. It's a feature of our show that sometimes cats interfere, <laughs> but, uh, you know, because they haven't seen us in a while, so, you know, we'll see what likely. happens. Yeah, a little more likely. So I'm happy to see you all today. Thank you for waiting up if you did and I guess a few of you probably appreciate this time more than our usual time. so that's nice uh, changing things up a bit in that regard. Apologies to people who couldn't make it because of the time change though and is that's the thing though right and no matter what you do, there's maybe always going to be somebody that doesn't it doesn't work for and that's kind of a theme for this episode. uh The battle played out in many different locations, had plenty of different plot lines happening, but we approach battle episodes differently in general because they tend to focus on one event and even though there were like i said a lot of things happening during the battle it's all one location all, all kind of rotating around the same basic scenario which is very different than most game of thrones episodes i've ever been made where there's lots of locations lots of plot lines etc we also recognize the episode is a bit divisive that's kind of what i was getting at with the uh commentary at the beginning here some people are Mad that other people liked it. And some people are mad that some people are mad that other people didn't like it. You know, the, both sides of it. So to that end, uh, we're gonna do something for everyone. Half, uh, roughly half the episode will be praise. The other half will be criticism. And when I say praise, we're gonna, we're gonna be pretty praiseful. When I say criticism, we're gonna hit it pretty hard. So, uh, in both cases, we're gonna be analytical. We're always gonna, that's always our focus. And of course, there's gonna be some puns and bad jokes in there too, cause that's also always our focus. Uh, So we're going to start with the praise, move on to the criticism. So I encourage you to check out both angles here, because there might be some things you didn't think of. Might be some things that change your mind a little bit. Might be something that moves you more towards the center. I don't expect anyone who hated it to like it after watching this episode. And I don't expect anyone who really liked it to hate it after hearing our criticism. But I do expect people to maybe see a few things differently. And you never know. Maybe maybe an opinion or two will change dramatically. Who, who knows? But if you're not ready to hear criticism of something you loved... Fear not, you'll have ample warning before that phase of the episode starts, and if you didn't like it and don't want to hear us praise it, then I advise checking out of the first half and coming back for the second half. Uh, we already have a super chat. Thank you, uh, Thomas Pappas. He says, for our dedication to the watchers and listeners, yes, that's uh, we really appreciate that. Uh, Tommy, good to see you at Ice and Fire Con as well. I had a panel with him, even. Excellent, excellent. Mm-hmm. I am wearing a shirt he gave me under my sweatshirt here. I got this nice uh, Blackwood Sigil shirt. Yeah, shout out to our History of Westeros. Take it off
2: all the way. (laughs) Take it off.
0: (laughs) All right. Shout out to our History of Westeros mods. Four of them had a panel together. So um, it was very cool. It was a sigils panel, and uh, they they made some shirts for the panel. And, uh, yeah, this is one of them. So you talk for a sec because I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be
1: just in awe over here (laughs) watching this moment. (laughs) Uh,
0: Blackwood power.
1: One, one quick little thing I'll say is, it's it, especially in line with things we've pointed out in the past, is that people come to Game of Thrones for different reasons, yeah. right? Yeah, Um, Like, literally last episode, we were talking about the idea that, you know, thing, we've observed what makes an episode big. And, you know, we especially in the past couple years since I got into Twitter or whatever, I'm a little more in tune with the pulse of the fandom out there, you know. And whenever you get an episode with big surprise, big emotion, or big battle... There's big excitement, there's big fallout or whatever. And last week, people look for big battle, like, oh, this episode's boring, nothing happened. This week, people were looking for character development, you know, look for big emotion, like, oh, just a bunch of nonsense. I can't even, it's too dark, you know? <laughs> so, uh, and even within or outside of those mentalities, there are some people who are like really keyed in on a certain character or a certain plot line. Some people like really love Jamie and they zone out. They don't care. If this thing with Arya was good or bad, whatever. I don't care. Get back to Jamie, you know? <laughs> so, uh, I, and I know I'm that way too. I have certain characters, certain plot lines, certain expectations. I'm yeah. not as excited kind of about battle things. Yeah, you've so.
0: never been a big battle guy. That's and that's not just a Game of Thrones thing. You're not a big battle yeah. fan. And other, we watch a lot of shows yeah. together, and that's been consistent with you for sure. Um, as we've been as we started doing last week, we're going to take all of uh, we're going to take questions a little more methodically. Uh, but I do want to take one question that, that was given to us before we get into it. Uh, a, a typical recurring question, which is from Rebecca Androli this time. What you drinking, Sean?
1: You know this is maybe not as exciting as often because I've had this before. Maybe even last stream. It's that uh, pomegranate blueberry naked drink mixed with Dr Pepper. I don't have my regular big old glass. A few things out of sort. (laughs) Rushing back (laughs) home to do this episode, but
0: very true. I drink sorted out. I don't even have coffee. You know something's wrong. I I didn't even have time to make coffee before we got home here. I was just this pathetic Dr Pepper from a drive through. Come on. I yeah. don't even like it. It's too sweet. <laughs>
1: I, I have a bunch of messages that I have to keep up with. I'll be doing that. This year. <laughs> no,
0: I have notes on here. I haven't, I, might be checked checking. The, I haven't checked the baseball scores. Yeah, no. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I let's get into it. I had a new it.
1: thought. Like, as, I was coming, as I was pouring yeah. my drink, I have this whole new train of thought <laughs> to get into. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so that's uh, a good reason to tune in on Wednesday as well because as always, we've had, when we have more time to think things through, a few different takes emerge. Sometimes some significantly different takes. But as always, the initial reaction in these first 24 hours, there is quite a lot to say as well. So, so let's do that. I really like how it started. So this, again, we're starting with the praise. So if you don't want to hear praise, time to check out. I really like how it started. You get Sam. You get like a. You start with Sam, and then it transitions to Tyrion, and they're just kind of walking around in this pre-battle, you know, uh, setting where people are, are very nervous. You can tell they're 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 kind of ch- stay distracted. But Sam is just, you can tell. And it's a good person to start with because he's probably the most terrified of the people who are actually going to do fighting. Right? There's people in the crypts who maybe you could argue are more scared than Sam, but other people who are going to try to fight. Sam's are kind of like guy who maybe a lot of us would most identify with if you were in a battle.
1: <laughs> There's certainly a lot of other characters in that same uh, position. Where they're discombobulated. They're, they're scattered. They're not sure what they should do. They're scared. Or whatever it is. But he's the one that we know best, right? I expect those characters that were being fed by uh, by Gillian Davos last episode; those guys probably feel kind of like Sam. Where do I go? What well, really I'm gonna fight now? This is happening, huh? You know. Uh, but he's the one that we know best. You know?
0: Yeah. So that, that's good. So he, she's, he's he's kind of like our, our our vanguard for that sort of character. It might sense. even be
1: telling that this, that Sam, even though we've seen him be brave sometimes. And seeing him try to point out that he's brave, however much he really is or not, he's still scared. He's still scared here.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no doubt. It plays out the way he plays out. Yeah, he is. The terror comes out for sure. Um, So we we follow them around a bit. There's a lot of preparations. Uh, There's, um, I believe there's no music during this open part, which music has a way of affecting a scene emotionally uh, in a lot of ways as we all well know but the lack of it can also be very very emotional as well and they were pretty careful with the music here as usual it's one of the things that I pretty much can one of the few things that you can just never complain about in my opinion is the music there's something I've never been able to find a criticism for. Not that I've looked, but <laughs> that's the one thing that I've never criticized even a little is the music.
1: There are a couple times when I could see people, or maybe even they probably did, they, when, when Jamie got his hand cut off and it cuts to that punk music. <laughs> yeah. So maybe, though, it makes it uh, out of flavor, out of place. But okay, well, yeah. I, But I didn't. I thought that was good. It's a good, uh, I don't know, subverting expectations.
0: Sure. So there's value yeah. to that, right? So w- w- when we have this, uh, we have a lot of these different scenes. Like I said, people setting up. We have Grey Worm, we have Brienne, and we have Jorah, and a lot of the- a lot of these different things. Kind of just uh, picking up almost exactly where the last episode left off, which is kind of nice. I like it when they are able to do that because they they usually don't. And uh, the first surprise, of course, of the episode is just Melisandre. This shows up. That was surprising. <laughs> we knew. She- we figured she would. I mean. It was, maybe it shouldn't have been so surprising, but, but our predictions were, uh, were, we missed a bit on this one. We thought that surely she would come back with someone or someone, something, and she did not.
1: Something I want to point out, for better or worse. A lot of my predictions are falling apart this episode, (laughs) and maybe even why I or other people are upset with this episode. Like, that's not how I thought it would go. They did it wrong, you know.
0: (laughs) You're right. Expectations Uh, can really be – and you're right. In an episode like this, there was also, to that same point or related point, episodes that get built up this much. I mean, the the pressure, the, like, build up, the, oh, my God, what's going to happen – it's The the expectations are understandably high for something like that. Maybe not everyone, like someone like you who isn't a big fan of battle episodes, probably didn't have as high expectations, but probably higher than you usually did for a battle e- episode, didn't you? Yeah,
1: they? yeah. Especially knowing how long the episode was and how much they put into the filming of it. And
0: Yeah.
2: I just wanted to say, and I'm sorry everyone for my hoarse, hoarse voice, but... I I was expecting maybe Melisandra hoping that she would come back with people or something like that, but I do think she came back with something. She came back with knowledge of how to do these spells. Okay. Um, We just didn't, we saw that off screen, her learning it. I imagine she went to Volantis. She said, hey, I need to learn how to do this, and they taught her.
0: That's possible. That's I, entirely I, possible. It I, would I, make sense, because otherwise, like, why did she leave the continent? I,
1: yeah, I didn't even have a thought on Melisandre that um, there's not a whole lot really back in a sub but maybe some perspective from the books might help a little. This is a this is thought I had that maybe the closer in both time and space she is to a moment that she's prophesied, the, the more accurate it is.
0: Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah.
1: If she's like seeing something in the flames that's supposed to happen like next week, she'll be pretty accurate with it, right? Yeah. Um, and if she's seeing something in the flames that's supposed to happen like three miles from where she is, maybe she'll be accurate with it. But she might have seen these visions with Stannis on another continent ten years ago. And so it's kind of vague and hazy, but it was so big and so important she took action. Mm. But as she gets closer to the time and place, she starts to... Now, keep in mind, when she already has that in her mind, it's Stannis, right? She might misinterpret it because she's already on his path. But once she realized that path is wrong, I, I just what I'm building up to is I wonder if she had to go back, if she has some, i don't to say this, source of power source of strength of Lance. She had to like recharge her battery. She had to go mm-hmm. back to
0: her home temple. Need a good mana potion. To really
1: recalibrate. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, anyway, that's not, that's come back not, with it's, the right not, vision, it's not you know? important.
0: The point is there are reasonable explanations. We don't know what they are, but, yeah. but Ashe has given us a good example of one that totally fits and there's related ones that do as well. And we get our first pretty, Epic moment of many epic moments here. Super cool. You kind of know what's going to happen. It's, that's something that you know is awesome when you fully see it coming. Like you don't see it coming like right away, but as soon as she's like lift, the, tell them to lift their swords, you know exactly what's going to happen. You know, she's lighting all of them on fire and you're like, whoa, that's cool. And then when it actually happens, it's even cooler.
1: <laughs> and it's even cooler when you're in a room full of 60 or 80 people who literally stand up and cheer. Whoa, like we went crazy. Yeah, that was so <laughs> fun. Yeah, just I'm like. Watching
0: holy crap and then you know you have it's cool because it gives them some morale maybe it gives them you can see even ed ed's like almost most people just kind of look at it and are like okay but ed actually smiles a little he's like all right now we're talking you know so by the
1: way a little defensive a thing that's being attacked a lot it's hard to get that moment unless it's dark good point point. showing up that single torch in a darkness like several moments you get these really good visuals that you can't do if it's yeah. dark, you know.
0: Thanks to the yeah, thanks to Melisandre and the dragons and the fire pit and all the things that made this episode easier to see. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out, to the real MVPs, <laughs> the light sources. <laughs> um, okay, so so that was really cool. Then we move on to uh, Danny and uh, John. We get to see where they're at and a couple other quick moments, and then they charge and we'll discuss. The sense or lack of sense of this charge later, but as a spectacle, it was so cool. It was really amazing to see all those lights because you see them go and then the sense as you see them have to flicker out, like the emotion behind that was really powerful. Like forget, like I said, forget any kind of logic. Just the emotion behind that was like, wow, the lights are all going out. And it's just all that morale they just gained just went right back down. In fact, it may have gone back lower than it had been because they just lost a huge portion of their troops. And maybe ghost, which people were worried about, which we later learned he, he probably didn't die. But that's, a, that's, that's for later.
1: I, I, did call it, by the way. As soon as we like sat down from cheering, those blades being lit up, I sat down and I turned to Rita of the Copper Main next to me and said, they're going to be extinguished. It's going to be dreadful.
0: It's, but, it's, it's, yeah, it's true. And you are right, and you are right. It was a good call. And the, the symbology here was off the charts with a bunch of half-moon flaming swords and then these moon-comet meteor things flying over them as they're charging. That was a, another just amazing spectacle that just added to it that was just so cool. Uh, but, yeah, but then it became very sad. By the <laughs> very way, quickly.
1: Someone, it might have even been you at that moment. She's like, lift your swords!" They lift, she grabs, they all light up. And then after that... Draw
0: draws his sword. Yeah.
1: So I was like, Draw with you. <laughs> too
0: late. <laughs> it's like, let my sword too. <laughs> <laughs> I missed one. <laughs> and so, yeah, from Danny and John's point of view, we get, well, we get to see it from a, p- a couple point of views. We see it from Danny and John's point of view, and we see it from uh, the, the rest of the soldiers on the wall and the Unsullied's point of view from the ground level. But it's Danny who has the strongest reaction, and it's understandable. These are her people. She brought them over, and to see them just slaughtered, is really hard for her. And it's important to keep in mind how, you know, this is something that John would do too, that he, <laughs> he did it with Rickon. <laughs> He's like, don't stick to the plan. And she did not stick to the plan. And since she didn't stick to the plan, John didn't stick to the plan. And well, it all worked out mostly in the end, but I'm okay with this because you can't have battles that go perfectly. You can't have battles that, where things don't uh, come up, where things get out of control. And especially this, if we're adding all this up, Desperate. They were desperate. They didn't think they could win. They didn't have that much time to prepare. And these none of these, not a single one of these guys in charge is an experienced battle commander. Met their, yep, let, me, let me be clear there. A lot of them are, are experienced fighters. Brienne hasn't led troops before. Jamie has, but he's not in charge. They didn't really trust him to do that. Bronze John Joyce was nowhere to be seen. He would be an experienced commander, but he just seemed to vanish. John isn't that it wasn't leading troops. He no, was on the dragon. Davos maybe. Uh, Davos led them at the Battle of Bastards, but he wasn't a commander. He admits that he's like I'm not really. He's like he was kind of de facto commander. He's like I'm not a fighter, you know. Like I'm not like a lead by example guy, and he's not like a guy that understands tactics really well. That's the point I'm getting at: is that the planning phase that some people criticize, and we'll get to the, the criticisms of that that we agree with. But to defend it, these were all people that were desperate, unprepared, and no one has ever faced an opponent like this before. Yeah, even if Anything you had
1: whoever Stannis or whoever you think is an experienced battle commander. How much experience do they have against an army yeah. of undead, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, one
0: complaint I saw was the ditch wasn't deep enough. Maybe they didn't have time to make that ditch yeah. deeper. You, you know?
1: know you, uh, digging you ditches cannot is hard. Get, that get, is frozen ground, too. In fact, I've made this same complaint before. Whenever someone, like, digs a grave, like, you're done. Then, you now have blisters on your <laughs> hand, your shoulders, your arms. You're not, like, yeah. running around spry the next day after digging a grave for someone or, or yeah. ditch or whatever. Yeah. It's yeah. a huge amount of resources to do that when already... Food is a concern and all these other issues that have to be dealt with. Like, it is a thought I had. They should have had eight trenches. Like, well, yeah, they should have had a year to prepare. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they should have had more soldiers. They should have more archers. Like, when I saw a complaint, this, why weren't there more archers shooting? I was like, they just didn't have more archers.
1: Even if they had more archers, <laughs> how much wood do they have for arrows? How yeah. many dragon glass? Well, th- there's a limit on how many materials <clears throat> a, a they have complaint, yeah. to put it together. That's exactly you
0: know? true. Like, p- complain: was that why didn't Theon have dragon glass arrows? Like, well, because fire arrows already work and there's only so much dragon glass to go around. Like, it's the one thing that you can light on fire manually. By the way, right? did
1: he not have dragon glass? I think
0: he was every. think every arrow was a fire arrow. Maybe some of them were dragon glasses. Could Maybe they, they gave him both.
1: Going to be dragon because
0: I it it think it's unnecessary, but it looks cooler if they're on fire.
1: No, part of why I ask <laughs> is because they they just died instantly when they got hit. There was no like collapsing, <laughs> yelling yeah. last minute. They were just whoop, dead, you know. So I, I thought he had flaming dragon glass. That's what I thought.
0: Yeah. Um, just to, no, I like I, I here's a comment from our f- friend Joe, National Forest tourist, says, who says, "No plan survives first contact with the enemy." That's standard military no. wisdom.
1: <laughs> oh, and this is also another point I wanted to make, because as far as I know, because I don't think we know, I don't think they ever said, the Dothraki might not have followed the plan either. Right? Yeah, might, did anyone they, order them to charge? Yeah. Like I, I don't remember the, that. They my, just maybe just charged. <laughs> right. It, it, and it's easy to imagine. Like, maybe they were. Maybe there was part of the plan to charge, and it was going to split, uh, whatever. But I can easily imagine, especially after they just got this morale boost, with the swords lit up, and one overzealous frontline cavalryman thinks he sees something. What? And they all out, just follow, and, that's and then one, one other, his brother or whatever, like, ah, and he goes, and now the commander of that unit's like, well, I can't be less brave than him, so he goes, and all the other commanders go, and that's it; they're charging now. And yeah. we, who was going to stop that once it starts? You can't. Yeah. yeah, they
0: can't hear you if you say stop. Yeah, they wouldn't listen. <laughs> Even if you would, yeah, <laughs> yeah, even if they would listen, if they so, could hear, yeah, it's a good point. And let's let's talk about the strategy of attacking. Like, why? Some people are like, why did they even do that? It was it seemed like they just threw themselves away. Like, well, for one thing, cavalry aren't very useful if you if they don't get. If they can't charge. Another thing is the Dithraki aren't exactly a sophisticated unit. They're a dangerous, powerful unit, but they're not sophisticated. This is like the only method of attack they know is to charge the frontal assault, the charge. They don't really, they haven't trained for the thing. Sully, as we saw, had a variety of tactics and they used them. And On it an was co- plane, it was cool, right? They're not used yeah. to
1: using trenches or walls, Is right? Part of their you know. but the disracking this was
0: totally new to them. Plus, again, I have repeat that no one has ever faced an enemy like this. Most most tactics are devised with the human mind in 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 uh, as part of it. Like when an infantry unit engages with another infantry unit for the purpose of holding it in place, so a cavalry unit can hit it from the side or the back part of the reason that's so effective is the fear it generates it rolls people up their morale just is crushed instantly it's also effective as just as a military maneuver without that but obviously the fear aspect does not apply even a little here you can't scare the dead
1: yeah <laughs> and also usually there's a limit on what's coming right some, some yeah. combination of the number of troops you have and the the morale or capabilities you know there. These guys are on suicide missions. They'll yes. just plow into death nonstop. And yeah. You see that matter in other ways, you know. You're
0: right. It's, it's so exactly like they don't have the, like the same thing. Like you don't, when you, when you have two like phalanxes go against each other, you're not, you, you don't plan for one side to just start throwing their bodies at you to, to weigh you down with just the sheer weight of it, just sacrificing their lives. It's, just, it's nothing that, People, I've seen a lot of of, people focus on the medieval tactics here, and I just think a lot of them, and there's some good complaints, which we'll absolutely get to. I think some that apply even no matter who the enemy is. There's some things that just about this battle that I'm just like, eh. But some of the strategy complaints I've seen just do not take into account how different this is and how little time they had and how how inexperienced commanders are. Frankly, if they had had a great plan for it, that would be unrealistic. They (laughs) didn't have time for that. (laughs) They don't have experience for it. They don't have, yeah.
1: And also, even a great plan... Isn't necessarily going to work in a scenario. You know, if you, yeah. have, if you have a phalanx,
0: is there a set number
1: of troops for phalanx? It's like eighty or
0: it, it it depends. There's there's it's, it's it, the Greek the Greek phalanx had a had a standard front and a standard bat like a standard s- scenario, and then with the the I don't remember the exact numbers, but the the Macedonians defeated the Greeks by changing that pattern. That was one of the big things that like innovation was they changed the depth and length and and the length of the the spears themselves. But that's all. But let's anyway. just say whatever
1: mm. unit it is, you have a hundred. And you're facing hundred, and let's say you're better, right? You have the story, nice fan links, you're Dothraki screamers, whatever it is that makes yeah. you better. And so they, your, their hundred only kills your front row of ten, okay? Yeah. And so at that point, it's the other side's like, uh, we can't do this. Right, let's withdraw, maybe retreat, regroup, come from. We'll figure something different out, right? Maybe if they have two hundred, like, maybe they send another hundred. What if they have 10,000 more. It doesn't matter how good or bad you were; they are. Yeah. You just, you're just not going to, your 100 are going to die. They're going to get overrun eventually. You're not going to, no good plan is going to save you in this moment. You know? Yeah. Doesn't so, mean you shouldn't have a good plan or you shouldn't right. be reckless, but I'm just saying that it, 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 it's hard for us to think of what the the good plan could have even been
0: in Exactly. I've seen like all the other suggestions <laughs> for how to use the Dithraki have very big flaws as well. And that's an issue. It's like, well, if you can't think of a better plan, it, it's, I don't like the phrase, if you can't think of a better idea, don't complain. I don't like that phrase, but sometimes it applies, <laughs> you know, like as a general rule, I don't like that. That's kind of dismissive. But I think in this case... Uh, you have to consider how desperate they were. Like, you you take desperate gambles when it's your only option, and you don't say, oh, that was a mistake. You say, it was our only hope.
1: There could even be other factors here that are hard for us to consider or realize it might have even been neat to show. But what if Danny was, like, a show of commitment to the battle? Like, my troops would be in the front line. Mm. We'll
0: charge first. That, yeah. you know, that might- I mean, that might be their thing. They're like, we're, we're, this, is, this is our way. You know, the Dothraki, they're a warrior culture. You know, I don't know. Uh, and then also, think about it this way. If the whites get up to a charge, then they're the ones inflicting all this momentum with their speed. If you can kind of break their charge by hitting them even harder, break up the momentum. It's, it's rough to call it a formation, but there it's a mass of dead bodies. But if you can, uh, disperse the mass a little bit, it, it hits. It's a lot less effective. So
1: not as many hit your front line all at once or as, or densely. with less
0: velocity. Yeah, yeah. Less densely. Cause that, that was a huge thing. Like you said, the density. One thing we, a, a recurring theme was that our front line guys would get swamped and overwhelmed and it almost looked like they were going to die. And it almost looked hopeless in some spots. But then you have like Daenerys fly by behind them and knock out a whole bunch of the ones behind, which, Breaks up that density and the press r- lightens significantly. Instead of like fifty whites pushing, all of a sudden it's like five, and yeah. they can push back against that. You could just kind of ma- you know imagine how they could push back that against front
1: that front wave of w- um, Just make up an hundred like uh, hundred versus your hundred. That front wave that like comes across. That maybe because you're better trained soldiers, you might be able to beat them. But there's a hundred more right behind, and you can't do both. But Danny killed a hundred right behind, so now they can deal with this hundred for a moment. You know.
0: Yeah. Um, so let's talk about, okay, so that's a good, uh, that's a good talk about the Dothraki. You know, there, well, actually one last thing, some people thought they should have been used on the outside, been held back to kind of charge around the side, but I don't know if that would have even worked because the army of the dead was just so massive. Right, and would then have been
1: around the side also. You know, what, yeah, and
0: then I don't know if that would have been really helped because again, that side thing is just it, part of that is to to inspire fear and to break their formation. But they again don't have a formation, and you can't really inspire fear. So it still would have been. you know, There's still some argument for it, but it's certainly not a slam dunk. Oh, that would have definitely been better. You know, that's 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 uh, that's speculation. We don't know that. Um, and. And we've been talking for
1: a long time without addressing any kind of emotion.
0: Yeah. The characters and
1: the stuff. And and I think a lot of people, including us, do want to talk about these details of battle strategy, but it's something that helps remind me that, me particularly, that I don't care as much about the battle strategy. I want to know, what does this mean? What does this mean to the characters? What does this symbolize? You know, I want to Mm. see some performances and some character development from this battle. So... I'll just deal with whatever battle strategy they had and go from there, you know.
0: Um, So, okay, so let's move on. Let's talk about the Unsullied. They're the next major unit. Um, They were awesome. (laughs) I loved seeing their formations, the way they moved, the way just so it was the opposite of the Dothraki. Very methodical, very organized, very rigid. And it reminds me of, like, what we hear about how Roman legions work, where they would rotate guys to the front, where they would have, like, guys blowing whistles when it's time to like take a, like, one guy steps back another guy steps to the front it's it was it's really cool uh, and looked good visually too i mean it was it was great i like that what did you think about the unsullied
1: similar uh, yeah uh, a, a complaint i often have about the unsullied in many military units is it that, that discipline is awesome and is really effective in combat and it takes you a lot of training to get there but i feel like they're just like that all the time. Every time they're ever on... The, no one's ever taken a smoke break. <laughs> I mean, everyone just stands in at attention 12 hours a day. Like, if they're on a boat, doesn't matter. <laughs> uh,
0: but yeah, it's paying off here, so... So, okay. So, let's see. Next up. Um, yeah, so the Unsullied... I guess there's less to say about them. Their strategy wasn't as de- wasn't as divisive. The only one, one complaint I saw was that they... Uh, it was weird that they lined up in front of the barricades instead of behind the barricades, which... Uh, That's not really a major criticism. We don't have to discuss that criticism. I disagree with that. I don't really understand why they were in front of them rather than behind them. One thing I could say is that maybe because they didn't have time to make enough barricades, and if you don't have enough barricades, then you you can't, you you need more barricades if you're going to push them out farther. You need a lot more. The farther your ring is, the more of them you need. So. Looks like we got a super chat from someone saying that you are need to speak more into your mic. <laughs> we're still adjusting to that new new mic setup, folks. Thank you for the reminder. We appreciate it. It's not. A, feel free to to yeah, comment Sean, on such things. Sean,
2: you can also maybe just move it a little bit closer. Okay.
0: Um. So let's see. Let's talk about the the other armies allied up. There was less to say about them. They were there wasn't like a lot of obvious strategy for them. They kind of just waited for the arrival of the enemy and fought them and tried to hold them off as long as they could. Now, to comment on a common question is why aren't they in the in the castle? Well, it's not big enough. Uh Winterfell, show Winterfell, I mean some people would probably think about the books. The book Winterbook Winterfell book is a lot bigger. We'll talk about that more on Wednesday, but show Winterfell's not big enough for all those armies and the Dothraki definitely couldn't have fit in there. So, I don't know. Uh they didn't really have another thing where they just didn't have a great option. You can easily criticize that choice, but if you look at the alternative that it actually seems worse. Uh and they had a plan to all move inside uh, after, you know, if it was necessary, um, and they expected that it probably would be necessary. And yes, it certainly was. Um, so, uh, a couple other things. Let's talk about what, we, what will be next. The next step, uh, in the battle. I suppose we had after the, the, the fall of the Dothraki. It's not long before the army arrives and Danny has already taken off by then. And we see Danny and John kind of approach the position of where the, uh, the, the enemy is. We got a bit of a surprise. Because we saw at the end of last episode, the White Walkers were arrayed out in front, and it's possible they were a big part of taking out the Dithraki, but they were not part of the initial chart. In fact, they were not part of anything, really. <laughs> <laughs> they did nothing. Uh, so, I mean, nothing we saw. Again, it's possible they did something, but it's, it, that was not satis- so satisfying. Um, so, what comments on Danny and John dragon stuff? Uh, It was, was it confusing? Was it, or well, we're talking about that later. What, what did you like about the Danny and John dragon stuff?
1: I, I will say that I think it was confusing, but I think that's okay. It was confusing. You know, yeah. like uh, I think oftentimes in this episode, they're putting us in the shoes of the people going through it. They were confused. It was dark. It was weird. It's not like. John is not experienced riding dragons at all, period, right? Danny, let's say that she is, however, experienced she is, she's never gone up against some other flying foe. She's never flown through a snowstorm. She's probably not done much night flying. And you can go on and on with all the reasons why she's not doing everything perfect. Oh, go figure, you know? Like, um, and even someone who was an expert at all this still probably isn't going to do everything perfect. And, uh, yeah. so. <clears throat> I thought that you know you know negatives aside it was impressive it was uh um may, maybe annoying or confusing to feel uncertain about what's going on yourself but I want to give them credit for trying to do that I think it's a legitimate thing for a filmmaker to try to put you in the shoes of the characters that you're watching and um that gives you more emotion about the battle yeah. I think yeah and and it was
0: Pretty awesome. It was pretty visually impressive. It was exciting. It was... uh, The dragons by the moonlight were, oh, my God. I I heard someone say that right after we watched. It's like, so, who's making that their desktop? I'm like, oh, good (laughs) idea. Yeah.
1: (laughs) So It was uh, inspiring. It's like this imagery that would have been like, my
0: D D book when I was a kid. It's now <laughs> yes. like an
1: action scene on screen. It's just super awesome, you know.
0: Yeah, the diving back through the clouds was fantastic. the The way the dragons actually fought was really cool too. I was really wondering how they're gonna do that. Well, they're just like snapping, and like you can really see the dinosaur slash bird like reptile reptilian characteristics they have, and the way they were biting at each other and the desperation of of trying to hang on, which you know, it probably shouldn't have been that easy, but that's it's consistent at least. <laughs> Except for the Night King, who fell, but he was probably less worried about falling because, you know, it didn't hurt him. Yeah, <laughs> Danny or John would die if they fell from that height, but he's like, ah, I can handle it.
1: And, and he th- really kind of did need to do what he did, is basically just distract them. He just needed to distract them, right? Like, yeah. think about the idea of, like, <sighs> that moment when he was chasing Danny. Um. These dragons are probably, what do you think? They're probably going 100 miles an hour? I don't know, but fast. (laughs) So, like, if they went for, like, one minute at 100 miles an hour, that's, how far away are they after that, right? Yeah. Even if the Night King just ignores them and goes back and there's no kind of fighting or swamp, they're just in, they they were just going as fast as they could in some direction they didn't exactly know. Mm. And it's storm clouds all around. So then when they turn around and go back, if they're just off, one degree in what they thought was the way back. They might be a mile away from, you know, and they'll get back over the eventually. Obviously they did, but it, again, it just makes sense to me what a distraction the Night King was to them. Yeah. And, uh, and it, you know, it's, I would have been upset if they did better. Does that make sense? Okay.
0: Yeah. Um, that makes it. It does make sense. Yeah. And it also, he presumably knew that dragon fire would not kill him. He presumably wasn't just like, I'm pretty sure I can survive this. I'm going to stand right here and take it and just hope yeah. it works out. So, that was part, probably part of his, uh, con- you know, his thinking in general. Um, let's one other thing about the Unsullied and Mel Saunders. We've talked about them. That the moment where the you you mentioned the ice and haze and how hard hard it was to tell what was going on. Davos realizes pretty quickly that they can't see the torch signal, and so. They, again, the unsullied just do their awesomeness. Grey worm, you kind of get, you kind of see grey worm, like the, the gears turning in his head. He's like looking at the ditch, looking at Melsandra, looking at the ditch, looking at, <laughs> at Melsandra, Like you can see it forming in his head. He's like, aha, well, let's do this. And then the little mini cage, that was very awesome. The tension was legitimate. The reflection of the fire in her eyes, the, the tension in her voice, the pan- rising panic as she's just, Come on, spell. Come on, <laughs> Relor, do this. Fire. It's what you love. You love fire. Give us fire, man. Come on. That uh, was uh, that was legit. I believed that it might not happen. I Me too. Uh, part yeah. of me
1: almost wanted it to I almost, you know, I I couldn't decide. I couldn't decide what I yeah. wanted to happen there.
0: And then before you have time, it's done, oh, you know?
1: <laughs> I, also, part of my thought was that she would die, that she would just be bursting a flames yeah. in this moment. I kind of expected that. We, I think everyone's kind of expecting her to die yeah. in a minute. So.
0: more on her too. I mean, I think uh, if we jump all the way to her ending, um, the theory that I've heard people talking about that I like is that, yeah, it took a lot of, The Kind of the way that she drained life from Stannis to to do the shadow babies and things like that, that this kind of power that we have not seen her use before, I don't think it's like, oh, how did she learn to do that? She can't do that. I think it's she's always been able to do it, maybe, or had the capacity, but it would kill her to do it, and it did kill her to do it. I wonder how many dead princes are back in Essos. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> 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 a few sacrifices A couple yeah. people that
0: tried that thing and blew themselves up By accident like I'm going to do the oops I exploded <laughs> Okay let's take our first set of questions Here and then continue With the analysis of the rest of the uh, Beattle From Maura Lee R.I.P. Lady Liana Mormont Awesome and badass to the end Love your channel and all the great content Thank you Maura Yes that was badass to the end If you're a book reader you might recognize that moment As being borrowed from Donald Noy We'll talk about that more on Wednesday, but I wanted to throw that out there in case you missed it because it's a pretty cool little, uh, nod to the books in that moment. And yeah, Liana is, uh, not the first main character to die. That would be Dolorous Ed, although there was some worry that Ghost had already died. Um, and, uh, it was pretty epic. What did you, uh, what did you think of the first set of deaths there? We lost Ed and we lost Liana, and I don't remember the exact ordering, but, uh, I think the, I think those were the first two and then i forget who was third but what did you how did you feel about those was those were those expected
1: Sure, barrick was third
0: barrick was third okay sure but uh that makes sense um
1: the uh yeah i I don't want to be too negative here but i've never felt a particular connection to ed okay Uh, and uh, but i was getting to the point where i started to think his plot armor was thick because he's the last name character from the wall um and so maybe a, a little surprised by him dying there, and uh, a little shaky in the presentation. I, I'm, I'm kind of back and forth because my my specific thought in that moment was uh, was Sam, you gotta like <laughs> get over there and kiss him like John did It's like, the <laughs> only way to be safe in the middle of this battle all around you. You know, like. Um, but uh, it, given the chaos and 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 I don't know, I can't think of the word I want to use to describe the way the 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 whites are just like. just like Mm -hmm. crazily randomly just attacking right it seemed like that was like a stab through and then the body falls and then sam has him in it and he looks and it seemed like there should be this "Ah, wild, crazy (laughs) white behind uh, this like (laughs) the moment of what's going on who am i gonna get next yeah but um but i also appreciated it it was it was disappointing but it also made sense sam was like i'm out yeah, <laughs> just ran. He just, that's like, just too yeah. much for him. Yeah, yeah,
0: he's just done. Yeah. So yeah, definitely shout out to her. Great character. A good end for a great character. Uh, too bad for the Mormons that they lost two people as like seven, basically seven like major characters that we liked. I mean, you can like the Night King if you want and call him number eight, but basically seven characters that were you know good guys or at least on the side of the living. And like two of them are more White, months.
1: I like second White Walker from the left. So he,
0: was, uh, <laughs> he was really good dude. No one's he was really underrated him as a main character this album. <laughs> He's he was good to the kids. <laughs> He's the one who takes care of the little White Walker babies. <laughs> um so yeah, moving on. Dornish Dan asks, I knew telling people the Crips were safe was like telling 1950s kids they'd be safe from nuclear fireballs hiding under the wooden desks. <laughs> yeah, that was, that prediction, uh, I saw, we didn't come in very strong with our predictions on the Crips. We, we thought, yeah, something could happen there, but maybe the dead would rise. We didn't, we didn't really push strong opinions either way on that. It seemed like something would have to happen though, because they were setting it up.
1: I was getting more sure when it seemed like the Night King was going to the wherewood Tree, I'm which like, would put okay, him in proximity. Yeah, I remember yeah. you saying
0: that. Yeah. But we, we definitely, we figured something would happen and it wasn't, uh, it wasn't a lot. It was terrifying. It was scary, but the end result wasn't, wasn't, you know, we didn't lose a named character in the crypt. So I wouldn't say that it had a huge, it definitely, it was scary at the time, but after the fact, it's like, eh, okay, that happened. But it wasn't, uh, it's not a big deal. Um, Priscilla N, super chat with no question. Thank you. Uh, R, super chat with no question. Thank you. Kissed by Fireworms. The mythology is probably not wrapped up with the episode, but even if it was, it would feel consistent with George R. R. Martin. If human greed and will to power was still the ultimate threat to humanity, Ashe is the best. Definitely agree with that last f- sentence and the rest as well, but definitely the Ashe is the best part. Um. We
1: could go on a whole talk about this. I don't know, I don't know if we want to jump on this now or if
0: we want Maybe to- not yet because that seems like a more, a more of a thing for the predictions episode because we're talking I, about where things are going. I
2: think it's more of a thing for the predictions episode and it's more of a thing that I'm not going to shut up about on Wednesday as well. <laughs>
0: okay, good. Well, I will say one thing about the mythology that's simple, which is that I know some people have complained about how it was resolved because of the Azora High Prince the- that was promised stuff, whereas that neither Danny or John killed Night King and that Ari was the one to do it. Frankly, I don't agree with that criticism. I think it misses the point because Danny and John were more instrumental than anyone to making this last stand in the first place that made Arya's stab possible. It was a team effort. And even though Arya did, dealt the death blow and she deserves huge amounts of credit, I see people calling her the goat, greatest of all time. Don't disagree even a little. But if we're giving her all the praise, that's why I do disagree because John did a lot. Danny did a lot. And it wasn't just this episode. It was the things before it. It was Danny bringing the Dathraki, bringing the unsullied. All that mattered hugely. Arya would not have gotten a chance to kill the Night King if there wasn't Dathraki, unsullied, and dragons. And John being the first guy to say, Hey, everybody, this is the most important thing. This is the only thing that matters. Blah, blah, blah. John's unwavering dedication to what mattered most is really important
1: a, a thought that was like building in me i've like mentioned like right before we were sent down here when i'm yeah. my dr Pepper in my drink like clicking in my mind and when we fair a lot of this is credit to shay i forget my mind just to work in this direction but imagine world war ii if someone like had a <clears throat> sad maybe someone did whatever how hitler died it's hard to exactly know but let's just say someone did like a killed him some soldier shot him killed him like, yeah that soldier won world war ii
0: yeah, yeah, a that would be silly. Yeah, yeah. Even if he was like an amazing shot that was like, yeah. holy crap, how did he make that he was the best. Even if he was the best <laughs>
1: trained sniper in the army and yeah. they decided he's the one to do it and put him in position and kill 40 people on the way, he's still not the one won World War II. Yeah. You cannot mm-hmm. say that one person did it. You know
0: yeah, that's, you're totally right. That's a good way to put it. Um, So I think that's important. The, the, this whole thing was humanity versus the living. It's now going to be one champion. Uh, well, it was one f- champion for the dead, but <laughs> that's a whole other business. And uh, um,
1: it, it's kind of connected to another thought that I had.
0: Okay. It,
1: especially going back to other thoughts that I've had. Obviously, lots of intermixing thoughts here, but I don't, I don't want to get too much negative, but I was a little disappointed in many other people with the idea that that's it. The Night King, now would Like, Cersei's better than the Night King. But when World War II was over, we were like, there, now humanity's fine. Is <laughs> like, it anticlimactic for World War II to, to be won, <laughs> and that that's the end of everything? Mm-mm. And especially if you consider the Night King might represent something like you know, evilness in general, or maybe climate change or something like that. Yeah. That, and when we defeat that, let's say that we all stop come together and, and, be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Defeat climate change. We still have other things to deal with, right? There's still going to be yes. like shitty politicians and on and on and on. There's still going to be yeah. Cersei's in the world, you know? So. Absolutely.
0: <clears throat> okay. Uh, Super chat from zombie caviar. That's a good question. Never seen John command Rhaegal to fire or even ask about it. Yeah. They skipped all over a lot of that stuff. It's just, I don't mind that too much because you know, it it would it would be tedious to go through that. Again, it's something they could solve with a few lines of dialogue, and uh, it is annoying that they don't bother with those few lines of dialogue. But it's a small thing. But it's but it's it's worth pointing out. From Stephanie, been looking forward to this live stream. Thanks as always for doing these. Please share your Ghost and Dragons thoughts from this episode. Well, we did talk about dragons quite a bit already. We'll have some more to say about that as well. Um, let's. Well, actually, let's do that now. I thought uh, John's little fight with Viserion in the courtyard there. We where Viserion's just either unintentionally or intentionally trying to stop John from getting to the godswood, Can't tell if that was an accident or just uh, a plan. I'm not really sure. It doesn't really matter. Uh, just I just thought, it was cool. I like seeing the blue fire, I, you know, and it's book, it's book canon uh, that the dragons have colored fire. So that's actually book accurate. And his, his fear and his rage and just trying to get through and just the effects of the dragon's pierced neck, the blue spouting out of the side, just really cool. You know? I
1: agree. I totally agree.
0: I wish uh, we had gotten more ghosts. I mean, he was in there, but all we got was his charge, and then we don't see him kill anything. Or
1: <laughs> I, I saw some people complain that John wasn't even doing anything. Like he's <laughs> literally charging into a dragon, like. And sometimes he tried to charge Night King. Yeah. Okay, sometimes he's <laughs> smart enough to get behind a wall when the dragon breathes fire, and then gets out from behind a wall and tries to run closer. Like yeah. he was pinned down. I, I to me, I, he was trying to get to the Night's so Wood. the The godswood the godswood he's trying to get the brand. he feels like that's the problem that's the issue we've got to protect Brand. and he's just pinned down he just happens to be a dragon and he's not like running away or cowering like Sandor like I wanted to love Sandor but he was just like literally cowering away from all this like just gave up you know John's
0: literally charging into it so okay um Question from Brian Evander. How do you think things went down with Mel and the Hound holding off the whites after Ari left? Was that Mel using the last of her power or was she just there to witness as Cleglane took them out? Uh, well, that's a great question too because it leads us to some other things I wanted to talk about. We'll, we'll focus on this for the moment and then move on to these other related topics. I think, um, yeah, I think the Hound probably held them off. Uh, there was, it was a doorway so he wouldn't have to fight like a whole bunch at once. He could just maybe kind of, you know, narrow one-on-one fight and keep them back because and and frankly everyone was in that spot when Arya killed Night King if you were really on top of your on top of your game and really thinking about what was happening you could realize that Arya was going to kill Night King not Arya necessarily but someone was going to kill Night King because at a certain point Everyone was in mortal straits, and there was no way for everyone to be rescued w- except that. That's the only way that I could think of, even after the fact, that they could have all been saved, is that someone stopped them all at once, which the only way to do that is to kill Night King.
1: I think there was a point, and that point was that moment when Arya took off running. Like, yes. I feel like at the end of it, when I started reflecting through it,
0: it was kind of obvious in retrospect, wasn't it? You know, watch the second time. <laughs> and blue eyes. Yeah. 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 It,
1: it, especially because the specific thing that I was going through, because it was hard to keep what was going on. Yes. There was so much going on. A lot of it was dark. A lot of it was confusing. Multiple times, it seemed like they cut away from my characters as being overran. I'm like, oh my God, I guess Brand's dead. Yeah, and right then they cut it, back yeah. and like, oh, she's still going. Okay. And then I started to scroll through in my mind, trying to count for who's dead and who's not. But every time I started to go through that scroll, like someone else would die or a news sequence would happen, I, it's hard to, to keep up with everything happening in the episode and scroll through all the characters in your mind, right? Yeah. But if I had been able to, I would have realized they, they showed us, they went through all the characters except Arya. Mm-hmm. They showed us Bran, they showed us Jamie. Everyone, they showed yeah. us John. they showed right. us Daniel. They went through all of them except
0: Arya. Every single person was yeah. in mortal
1: danger except Arya who had like a free reign. Who, we, no, well, we just hadn't seen her since that moment okay. she ran off. They well, went we back saw to all the, off, the other characters yeah. multiple times since that moment. Okay, okay, but just yeah. they never went back to her. She's like the one that wasn't accounted for yeah. as being getting overrun. Yeah, so
0: It made sense. Yeah, and it was foreshadowed quite well. We talked we about the foreshadow for it. Millions of setups beforehand. Yeah. It's definitely the thing we most nailed was that Arya would kill Night King and by most most nailed. I mean, we've been saying it for. It's the thing that we predicted first out of all the things that we got right. Was we've been saying this since basically since Brian gave her the dagger, if not before.
1: Yeah, I want to be careful not to take too much credit for your we statement because I, I was leaning toward nineteen doesn't actually get killed. That's okay. I, yeah, you're right. Yeah. You were. <laughs>
0: well, while we're on that topic, we could talk about a few other things we predicted, and then I want to get to the things, the other things that Brian Evander's question raised. Also, um, oh, yeah.
2: also I want to say shout out to Brian E. Who. Is an incredibly talented person, and who we saw at Ice and FireCon.
0: Right on! Shout out to you, Brian. Thanks, buddy. (laughs) Thanks. uh, Glad to see you. And uh, yeah, what was I going to say? Yeah. So um, other predictions. Other predictions. Yeah we we made some theories. Certainly, I liked the two front theory as an idea. I more liked it as a book idea. We we talked about that on Wednesday a bit. But our original prediction is was this was to keep it simple. We did say that well. I don't remember how much you agreed with this. I thought you, you, you kind of liked the idea, if I recall. You can, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I was I, I definitely put out the idea that I think they're headed towards Night King dying before Cersei, and I think they are not going to be as many people that we think are going to die. going die. And uh, obviously, the way we, we do, we talk about this stuff so much, we throw out other theories as well, but that was the simplest prediction, the one we, we made first, and that turned out to be, as usual, keeping it simple is usually the right way to go with predictions, if you want to be accurate. If you want to have fun and just you know have use your imagination we do that too we love it and it's fun and there's nothing wrong with it but you know it's just a different school's thought
1: definitely when it comes to predictions it's one thing is a lot of times i'll have my 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 first instinct prediction like ooh, and sometimes it'll be the more basic simple thing sometimes yeah. it'll be the more ooh, wouldn't that be neat yeah that yeah yeah thing you know um and in either scenario, sometimes, as I stew on it over a few hours or days, you know i'll start to realize, no that doesn't make sense, right when I start to think I start to believe it more and more, start to come up with more reason more and more reasons for it and i a lot of times, I feel like the more I start to believe it and more reasons I come up for it, and the better argument I can make, it never happens <laughs> 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 uh, and i I did I was more and more convinced like. I, I was sort of right. I, f- I felt like they were going to lose at Winterfell, that they weren't going to be able to hold the army. They were going to have to retreat and fall back. And I was, I feel like, up to the last 15 seconds, I was like, yep, I knew it. You know, like, oh, okay, already are you got, <laughs> <laughs> But I yeah. thought they were going to have to withdraw to King's Landing and that Cersei would be part of a last stand. Yeah. And, and still, n- that, I think, would mean that, the night king died before cersei yes. you know but i thought it'd be a very different scenario so i don't really want to take credit for that prediction okay. but
0: well behind in the behind the episode there was one cool reveal that we missed but another one, one that we caught that uh i don't even think they mentioned in behind the episode but we definitely pointed out when it happened when john and arya are reunited john says how did you sneak up on me like that it's the he's standing in the exact same spot night king is standing when he kills her when she kills him and he had his back john had his back to her just like she did and that was very cool because <laughs> it was like, oh, there's more evidence for the theory that Arya kills him. And then, indeed, we get that. Um, so that was fun. Let's talk about uh, a really fun thing that Mel said. This is this is one of the most fun things for me that's outside of the battle itself, which is parsing her. Everyone is here for a reason. And the things they did – well, Bran says the same thing, frankly. They both say this. Like, everything you did led to this moment. And you think about – how that applies to some of these individual characters. Like when Beric dies, she says the Lord brought him back for a reason. And think back on Beric's life, because a lot of us, especially book readers, were like, what the hell is Beric's point? What is his deal? And, well, if you think back, what did he do? He's the one that told John kill Night King and they all die. Not that they couldn't maybe have learned that some other way, but he was very adamant on that. And secondly, he saved Arya's life during the battle. She was overrun by whites on the ground screaming, and he threw his flaming sword to, to break up the top white, and allow them ch- Sandor a chance to run over there and save her. And then he died right after. So that yeah. was, you could say that was his purpose, like, I guess. And then Theon. Theon, I mean, damn. Poor Theon. If Arya gets there two minutes earlier, <laughs> Theon can <laughs> yeah. live. But, oh well. Uh, it didn't happen. But maybe that's Theon's purpose, just to buy three minutes more for Arya. I mean, it, it's kind of meta, if that's really what it comes down to. If I don't know that their predictions can be that fine-tuned that he can see down to this three-minute phase. Like, oh, I really... I'm going to need three more minutes. <laughs> I can see... I'm looking ahead to the final battle, and uh, yeah, let me just tweak this so I get... So they could have just yeah, like, give me pulled thoughts.
1: Brand's chair to the other side of the godswood and you know, <laughs> saved Theon's life. <laughs> Night King would have had to take a few more steps, stroll, swagger over as he did.
0: <laughs> yeah, like, let me
1: let me light up a smoke first. Yeah, uh-huh. that's one thing. Brand like, well,
0: we we have more time than you might think because he's going to swagger. He's going to walk slow. He's going to waltz over to me and then his hand's going to move towards his sword really slowly, and then. Arya And Bran gave Arya the dagger, too. It's so nice. It was, and, of course, Bran was the original target of that dagger as far as the show goes. My, so that's so cool.
1: My, my Twitter quip was, the Night King shouldn't have silent monologued. Arya <laughs> equals uh, Lucius Best <laughs> from The Incredibles, if anyone has seen Incredibles. You know what I'm talking about.
0: The other, the other really neat closed circle there, this is the thing I, we got from the behind the episode that I didn't catch on my own, is that Arya stabs Night King in basically the same spot where the dragonglass was wedged into him in the first place to make him Night King.
1: Also the same place that Sandor told her, that's where the heart is. Oh, yeah. Good catch. I (laughs)
0: forgot about that. Nice. It it actually kind of looked to me like it was a little below the heart, like down in the belly, but it doesn't matter. It was close enough. (laughs) It worked. It killed him. Okay. So, uh, and some other characters we can think about that way. Like we said, we haven't, I plan on, thinking about more of these characters and thinking about their arc and how th- everything led to this and seeing, you know, how that looks and some characters, I think it's going to look pretty cool. A couple of them, it probably won't make s- as much sense on, but no, I think a lot of them, it will I think more, more than m- most of them. I think it'll probably work out for. All right. Um, let's talk about, let's see what's next. Um, let's just take a few more questions real quick and then get back to the battle. Uh, Zach fish asks, what was brand doing when he was working?" Uh, When he was working, when Theon was fighting the Whites, was he uploading his memories to Google Drive or what? (laughs) Well, if he could do that, I (laughs) would hope he would have started doing that well before the battle started. (laughs) But I like the idea, Google Drive. We need a good pun for that. What's a Google? What's equivalent? Where would Google Drive? Have to work on that one. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I'm not too surprised by this. I think some people were were worried, were complaining that Brand didn't do anything. But what did you expect him to do? I That's the question I ask. The things he's done in the past are take over Hodor take over his wolf. Those are the only like battle-type things he's done. He's an information source. He's human memory. He's never really been that active in battles, you know? Like, yeah. Only a little bit, so I don't know that we should have expected him to do much. He jumped, I mean, it sounded like he was going to do something. He says, I'm going to go now, and you're like, whoa, what's happening? What's he going to do? And then he just flies around in the Ravens, which gives us a like, really cool visual, but you know, maybe there were some expectations there, but.
1: A thought I have here, I, I asked the same question, but it's, and I don't want to impose this. Who who made that comment? I don't know. It's uh, Zach Fish. Zach Fish, I don't necessarily. I realized when I asked this question, it might have come across the same way. Not sure how Zach meant it, but you could ask this question like, what was Bran doing when all this is happening? But what I mean to <laughs> ask is, what was Bran doing when all this is happening? Like, unsuspicious, mm. because we saw him kind of his eyes go gray. We see the Ravens, we see the Night King. And then the battle goes on for another thirty minutes. I wonder if Bran was seeing any other visions anywhere else. So you know, like, yeah. which is easy to be a line of dialogue at the beginning of the next episode. You know, yeah, so. it
0: could be the same thing that you with you that like you were saying earlier about Melisandre. That as the events get closer, his perception of them becomes clearer. You yeah, know, that could be. That could so be a thing. He may have known he
1: didn't need to move his chair to the other side of the God's Wood, or he knew that Theon was about to die, or he knows it reinforcements have shown up at king's landing and he'll tell everyone that you know what i mean it could be a million things
0: definitely uh josh sandland asks uh says love the work do you guys like the decision for jorah to be the one to lead the initial charge against the dead well i think it makes sense because the the uh we have the same uh because the the cavalry charge as we explained makes sense in some ways to be the start of the battle but Jor is the only one who speaks their language. I think it's just that simple that he's the only commander that speaks common. So he kind of has to lead them because they can't understand the commands coming from anyone else. Except Danny, who is not there to give commands. So I think that is uh, a fair... Uh, it's kind of... I don't know how else they could have done it. In other words, do, do you feel differently?
1: I No, yeah. I yeah. like it.
0: <clears throat> cool. Uh, apparently we're at 1500 plus viewers and we may need to have another Sean dance. And I'm totally down with that. Yeah. So he said, will Sean dance the same as last week? Yeah. I will dance similar
1: to last <laughs> week, but not the exact same. <laughs> cool. Okay, yeah, we'll do that at the end. We'll do that at the end of so I, 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 I might have song, to up please. the number to two thousand, because right. if we're gonna just get to a thousand <laughs> easy every week, <laughs> then
2: then we have to have an intermission every week. Yeah. <laughs> Which might be nice to
1: stand
0: up, and stretch a back out. A little yeah, everybody bit. wants to stretch out a little bit. So <laughs> that'll be a good way to break up the after we criticize the episode at the end here, we'll have some dancing to bring back the positivity. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I got to uh, think of another song now. Yeah, you got to think of a song. Meanwhile, next question. Was there a missed... O- from Mr. Mitchell954. Was there a missed opportunity, though, to get White Walker 1v1 fights with characters who had Valyrian steel? 100%. Yes, there was. I it was very surprising because it seems so obvious. Like, they just had to intentionally decide not to do it. And I imagine it was budget or time or... Yeah. But I really expected Brienne or Jamie to fight a White Walker with a Valyrian steel. And I guess just because we've already seen it with John, Maybe that was their <laughs> reasoning. But still... I would have seen would have happily seen that again. This oh well. is this is my
1: best justification for that. In general, it makes sense and we have mostly seen the white walkers stay back cuz if one of them gets taken out, who knows how many thousands of whites die, right? So it seems yeah. makes sense they're going to stay in the back. And When we saw them all lined up kind of around Winterfell, my guess is they stayed way back there and all the Whites charged forward. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. And finally we see some come forward when Winterfell's being overrun and the Night King's right to Bran. Then, okay, now the White Walkers come forward. It also adds to another thought that I had is it could be that that's what extinguished the flames of the Dothraki soldiers. They charged out into the darkness and didn't come up against Whites. They came up against White Walkers.
0: And the Night King wasn't there yet. So it had to be them. If anyone brought that darkness, it wouldn't be just the whites you're right that's like yeah, that's a great their,
1: point their coldness extinguished flames we've seen it in the past their presence just extinguished flames and it it and it could be also the dothraki might have killed thousands they might have actually cuz imagine in that moment as they get closer the white walkers coldness just extinguishes the flames of the dothraki fighters but they do still keep fighting and might have hacked down three or four white walkers 30 40 white walkers i don't know <laughs> were. and each time they did 10,000 whites might have died. It would have been neat to see that and know to give them more credit and not have people wondering how suicidal or silly that was. <laughs> you know, it would have been, I feel like it's a miss for them to not show us the impact yeah. they had. They could have had their But cake and it might eat have also too. cost yeah. them literally a million dollars to do that. Yes. You know what yes. I mean? So I can see mm. maybe they didn't do that. You know? Yeah,
0: that's a good point. Yeah, I mean, I see what you're <laughs> saying. Like the way they did it they wanted to do it a certain way but they could have also done the thing you're saying and still had the like the charge and the lights go out they could have done both yeah but you're right they could have might have just cost too much and they you know when you gotta you they have a big budget but they have so many things they want to do things just keep getting cut like ghost every time
1: <laughs> so also i don't know if this is a fair way to look at it but in the books we read the we read the stories from one character's pers- perspective at a time yes and in the show, too, really. Does that make sense? Yeah. We do always know everything about everything going on. So what character would possibly... Well, I take that back. Jorah's character would have had the perspective of what happened. But that wouldn't have been awesome to to follow Jorah and his charge. Just the sound of the Dothraki screamers behind him. And as their lights, you know, are lighting the way in front of them, we suddenly see this wall of White Walkers illuminated in front of... What, and, and and it cuts to what everyone in Winterfell is seeing the lights just extinguishing. Like, that would have been so powerful. It would have been so awesome. HBO definitely should have
0: hired me to be a, <laughs> <laughs> a writer and a director. <laughs> 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 definitely. Josh Sandlin asks, Does this mean relor is real? I don't think so, but it definitely, is, you know, it, Mel Sonder certainly died believing that, and she never wavered much on that belief. I think the fact is that there, we can't assume that because there is magic, that there's gods behind it. There could be magical energies in this world. That doesn't mean gods are, are the source of it. But I'm also okay with calling magical energy gods. You know what I mean? Like... Some people consider God as just an euphemism for the universe, just for all existence. Some people picture God as a, as a being, a specific deity, like with, with eyes and a face, or maybe not eyes and a face, but characteristics that are not, uh, that are of, of, you know, corporeal, you know, like there's, there's physical traits you can point to. Uh, God might be a jellyfish, no idea. Yeah, or a spaghetti monster. Yeah. So (laughs) it's I don't think that's enough evidence, but it's it's the the fact that magic exists is reason for people to believe in gods even more so. Because it's like, where does this come from? They would not just you know, it just doesn't make sense. (laughs) If somehow in in our real world
1: someone demonstrated something I'll we'll say supernatural to me. Right. Yeah. And, and let's say it was like a magician on stage with a rabbit and a hat and somehow he proved to me that it wasn't a trick. He's like, look, uh, however you want to test me. Like, and he did it. I'm like, wow, I would be convinced the magic existed. At that moment, I might start to wonder about God. Right. Yeah. And if some yeah. priest showed me some miracle in a religious context, then somehow proved and I believed it was real. I might start to wonder if magicians really have some trick, you know, and like I would have to question other elements of reality, you
0: know. That is exactly what happens with book status. He doesn't, he hates the gods because, uh, they, he, they, he, they died, his parents died in front of them. You know, in front mm-hmm. of, them. he watched them yeah. drown basically, and he's like, I'm, he's, I refuse to worship the seven anymore because any gods who would do that don't deserve my worship. So it was almost, it was in full denial, it was like, they don't deserve me. But it was sort of like, but he tells Davos later, he's like, she has real power. That's, his bottom line is like, I don't know about gods, I don't know about that, but she has real power, and maybe that comes from a god, maybe it doesn't, I don't care, it doesn't matter, that's real power.
1: Yeah, just because yeah. a power is real, yeah, just because a god is real,
0: doesn't mean they're right or good. That's yeah, worth that noting. That too. That right? too. Yeah, that's a very good point. From Vanessa Lay, thank you for going live right after getting home. Does the Night King and Bran have the ability to see the future? The Night King was pretty smug. He smiled. I think that. They have limited ability to see the future. They certainly don't have perfect ability to see the future because that I mean you can't even write a story around that. <laughs> 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 I mean, the two people who can see the future. Like how do you how do you even counteract each other's moves if you can both see then it's not actually the future if you can uh, yeah, see yeah.
1: how one do you even do that? Is, <laughs> right. One thing is it let's just say and in any work of fiction or in our real world, if someone thinks they have some prophecy or another, is it a future that might be or a future that is destined no matter what? That like That's a first question to ask, and it's a common theme, especially when there are prophecies or any kind of time travel. It's, it's a common, common theme in literature or culture in general, right? Like, is the future set or not? Um, and then even if it is, they might not be good at seeing it or interpreting it very well. Bran seems to have had many, many visions of the past, and uh, it seems like he's had at least some of the present elsewhere, but he's only had one, maybe two of the future, and that seems true of most other characters with any sort of, well, no, I take that back, because Melisandre seems to have many futures of of the vision. (laughs) vision Melisandre does, and Jojen too, right? But Bran doesn't seem to be on par with those, so he seems to have some different type of ability. Some of it, but certainly doesn't just know it all, you know.
0: Right, right. Yeah, I agree. And so he he almost certainly isn't having visions of the future right there in that moment. Well, maybe Brand because he's sitting there trying to focus. Maybe, but Night King, I don't even know about that. But Night King is in battle. I kind of doubt he's and certainly he if he could see the future, he probably wouldn't have been killed there. So that's a, that's a good point by Vanessa. She she kind of gets it's kind of the same. We kind of arrive at the same conclusion. It's kind of hard to imagine him seeing the future if he didn't see his own death. <laughs> But at the same time, visions of the future could be a part of his, uh, his past in some way. He could have seen visions of the future that, that just not on command, you know? I think that's basically what you're saying. Okay, uh, let's see here. Let's talk about a few of the other character deaths. Yeah, um, we talked about Theon, uh, briefly, but let's, about his, the, the logistics there, but about his, his final moments and talking to Bran. What do you think about that? Uh, what Bran kind of, uh, absolving him there was that maybe brand it, it wasn't you can't see he was predicting the future necessarily that he knew theon was going to die that's just common sense like hey we're all surrounded here like
1: that's a boldest in- prediction is melisandre predicting joffrey's going to die <laughs> like, oh, really went on a limb on that one
0: <laughs> so what did you think of of his final moments and just theon's uh, he's gone now so it's you know we can look back on his, his his life as a character and maybe talk about that a little bit too
1: it's, I am stirring on it a little extra because I've been reading book two and with Theon, how he's dealing with Winterfell and uh, what's going on in his mind. And part of me, here, here's a series of thoughts that, I, that, that aren't complete. I don't know how much I stand by them, but just things that flash in my mind is that Theon can't be forgiven. Like, that's one thought. But another thought is, this isn't Theon anymore. Mm. You know, uh, at least not the same Theon. It's hard to forgive uh,
0: someone killing kids and yeah. let on the other things he did. But just that alone mm. is, is enough for most people or a lot. Now, of
1: people. also, even if he can't be forgiven, doesn't necessarily mean he deserves the punishment he got, you know. Agree. Uh, so I, I bounce around a lot with what I think about Theon. And <clears throat> in fact, this is another thought I want to bring up. This is like a good time to bring it up. Although be careful. It might be a tangent, but it might bring us into some other characters we're going to talk about anyway. Um, Theon, th- think about the things that Theon's done, you know, and and is is he should he be forgiven? Bran seems to be like forgiving his redemption arc is done. You know, yeah, right. What about Melisandre who burned Shireen? Like, uh, they think about th- What Theon's done, and what about Melisandre? What Melisandre's done? Is Melisandre redeemed? Does anyone out there feel
2: okay with her now?
1: You know, I mean, it,
2: it, yeah, I, I do. Yeah, yeah, I do too I, because I used to really dislike Melisandra a lot, and people would always tell me that I should cosplay her, and I thought I would never <laughs> ever 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 cosplay as Melisandra. And now I've I've really turned around on her mm. because it shows that she she was actually in it and all yeah.
1: Yeah. To so be clear, I do, if you will. I, yeah. I am a Melisandra supporter. I, I guess. Let I me would...
0: throw a fork in the road here just to just as an example. If you'd not have forgiven Melisandra in the initially, or wouldn't have forgiven Theon initially, let's say that was never your call it wasn't our call so because it wasn't our call the fact that somebody else made the decision to forgive him that doesn't erase the redemption the fact that we don't think they should have gotten the chance well they did get the chance and they did a good job with it both fiona and melisandra got a chance at redemption and they did as well as they could have done i think so let me tell you when i when i started thinking about this i was like
1: who hasn't killed a kid john sandor aria
0: they've all killed kids
1: Th- you, you, there's so many characters yes. have killed kids and yes and every time it's this pretty awful thing some of them are maybe more understandable or justifiable than others but uh
2: like jamie do people just not accept jamie there's jamie a, m- a million characters like that Yeah, jamie
1: tried to kill a kid and uh yeah
2: and true. then he killed some more but yeah, he tried to kill Brian. He did. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> very true. Yeah, so it's 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 a tough, it's a moral conundrum. That's one of the fun things about the show is it gives us these interesting moral conundrums. And the books do it too, obviously, where there aren't there isn't a clear answer. In part because their existence in their world and their culture is so different, it would just we can't use modern values, but we still have modern reactions because that's who we are. And then we have to try to think about it. it's like, well, if you know, in that setting, it's okay. Uh, because blah, 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 it's never okay to kill kids, but it's, ah, uh, yeah, if you give him a chance of redemption, he does a good job with it, like Jamie did as well, then yeah, what do you do? It's, 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 it's not black and white. It never is. And that's a great central theme of Game of Thrones, A Song of Ice and Fire, these gray areas. I'll talk about what happened in the crypts a little bit. Um, there wasn't, I guess there wasn't a lot, but there was some interesting dialogue, Tyrion talking about how if he was out there, he could make a difference. And I thought that was an interesting conversation. Um, what did you think about that? Do you think Tyrion could have made a difference or do you think Sansa was right? And we'll move on to Sansa's entire, you know, crypt attitude in general afterwards.
1: I'm a little torn. I think that part of me agrees with Tyrion's mentality that he, he might just see something other people aren't seeing. He might come at it from a different angle or have some piece of knowledge they don't have and in fact that's another thing we were kind of predicting is that they'd be down there looking in books learning something it was going to turn the tide that didn't seem to happen he didn't really seem to get uh, the ability to make any effect but all that said if it wasn't the immediate next scene it was very soon after that scene they cut above when it's just chaos and violence all around there's no opportunity for someone to be like scouting out for some secret weapon, the the, the, the walls are being overcome. You know what I mean? Like Tyrion was not going to make a difference there. He may have earlier. If he'd been out there all along, he may have realized what needed to be done to... Start the fire or to move the troops to the west side or something like that. Yeah. But
0: someone with his natural intelligence uh, might, you know, who wasn't <laughs> under l- less direct pressure might be able to shout out some useful orders. Like, there's a couple, like, a couple of things we're starting to move into where we're getting, going to start doing more criticizing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, like, for example, when the firewall went up, the d- dead were standing there for a while before Night King did his very cool, like, ant bridge where they just lay down on top of the flame, which was really cool and <laughs> terrifying. But before that, there's quite a m- few minutes while they're just standing there. People stop shooting at them. Like they just stop shooting arrows at them, which I'm like, yeah, sure y'all need a break, those but I catapults should still be launching. They should <laughs> still be yeah, hurling some, doing something. Yeah, so that like that's a good example. Me seeing so Tyrion is like, get those archers for like you know someone that just another brain in play, like keeping people on focused or whatever. Uh, so it's tough. It's tough to say though. Sansa might have been right. <laughs> well, let's talk about Sansa. Very, very different attitude from her attitude in the Blackwater, Very interesting. I, I, I was surprised she was cynical. I mean, I think she was wrong. I think she, like her attitude was the only honest thing we can do here is, is face the truth of this, which I don't agree with her. That's not the only honest thing they can do. I mean, it is honest, but why is being honest the right thing to do there? Have some hope, give your people some hope. I I didn't, I didn't agree with Sansa. <laughs> I almost don't want to talk about this
2: section
1: until we get to the complaining. I think part we can yet. start complaining. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, okay. Well, we can, we can complain about Santa. Then we'll move on and we'll, we'll make get to sure, the Real yeah. complaints. But this is you're, just.
2: You're at an hour and 10 minutes. So okay. So it is okay. almost about time. You're pretty safe.
0: So. Here, here, here let me jump in. Okay. Here's what we'll do. We'll start with, you do this. You can weigh on Sansa. We'll take the rest of these questions, which some of them are, are sort of criticize ish. And that'll transition us to full criticism. <laughs> so, we've well, all been
1: yeah, warned. <laughs> I'm guessing that even though we start off with this positive stuff, every now and then, oh, this does bother
0: me. Oh, yeah. So when we, we get
1: to the criticism, we'll have some positive points. You're right. Points,
0: we'll have some counter arguments. Yeah, there will be some defense. Like, some of the things that bothered you may not bother me, and I'll, I may argue with you a little, yeah. and and vice versa. Um, <clears throat>
1: It's in my nature, at least, to come at things from different angles. Even if I... Strongly believe this was negative. I see why yeah. there's a positive part. Plus
0: the show yeah. isn't good if we disagree on everything. Right. That's, true, <laughs> that's, that's good. True. Um,
1: So this is another moment where I feel like I know exactly how I would have written this. You know, maybe I'm just wrong. Maybe I don't get it. But I just feel like the way this scene should have gone is Sans- Sansa walks into this room, looks around at everyone, looks at Tyrion and says, the battle's going well. Hmm. And... Tyrion can tell that she's lying. He knows that's what she needs to say in this mm. moment. He understands it and maybe still takes his swig of wine. And everyone else is like, oh, kind of relieved. You know, I think she needed to come in there and be a leader and keep their morale up. What good does it do causing panic or despair in I here, agree. right? I think that she needed to, like, come in there and tell tell this lie, keep the strong face on for everyone's benefit. And I think it would have been a good moment of acting for her to do that and for Tyrion to realize that what she's doing does that make sense i feel like it would have been I a love really that beautiful idea, moment
2: sean i think that's really great especially with you know what sans is all about the idea that she is a leader and she is a bit of a liar yeah yeah she, yeah she
1: is willing to manipulate a situation she's a uh, she's clever she's <clears throat> thinking ahead like yeah so my closest justification to this frustration i have with what i I feel like they've built Sansa to be a great character and here's a moment to shine but the only people to get to shine in this episode are people with axes or whatever you know what I mean Mm -hmm. like I feel like there's ways to shine without running around on a battlefield with a sword and it should have been it and Mm -hmm. it was a disappointment it wasn't so the closest I got to justify this in my mind is that she's just overwhelmed yeah even she can't come up with a way to express what's
0: going on It's well i think also it's consistent with what they've done with her recently which is that she's kind of cynical not uh, cynical isn't wrong mind you she was right about cersei a hundred percent right about cersei when basically no one else was even and it was all of us were like shouldn't trust cersei sansa was totally right but in this one it's like John. When John was, was unwilling to lie to Cersei about bending the knee, it was a perfect example of just lie, but, but just yeah. This is a perfect example. Just lie. Come on. One lie. So we this need is to a say good time for Santa to lie. To happen. Yeah. And I see some people saying in general, like, well, she shouldn't go singing the Song of the Seven again. This is the North. The North doesn't need comfort like that. Maybe not. Maybe they don't need comfort. I'm not saying she needs to go singing songs again. And she didn't go broadcasting this attitude to everybody. She's like, "Hey, everybody, let's be afraid." You know, it was just her and Tyrion. So, you know, I'm not—I don't want to be too hard on her because she wasn't exactly saying this to everybody. It was just a private conversation. The but still,
1: side, yeah. Well, well, instead, what we get is just like an awkward look, which wasn't necessarily impressive acting, and then yeah. this cliche oh, Tyrion chugs wine, like that, <laughs> it was like the most. Biggest, I think it might have been the biggest miss of the show, especially considering like my idea mm. earlier with like, you have the White Walkers out there and there's could Charge and you see their flames illuminate them and the sun become extinguished. And yeah. You, we maybe understand what happened at battle better and it's, it's still a devastating moment, visually good, all this, but it might have been a million dollars. But for this scene to go the way I want? Yeah. What do you Couple need? dialogue. You yeah, already have the no actors, money. you're all, you don't need to develop some new character before series. You know, you, yeah. It's no extra budget. It's just, totally you have great. these great actors, give them this moment to act and, uh,
0: Kate Pesh has a super chat that relates to this. She says, first super chat. Hope we get to talk about Sansa and Tyrion. Seems there was some real love there, romance or no. And I really hope that relationship is central to what's left. Love the channel many things. You're welcome, Kate. And thank you. We'll keep it coming. Um, yeah, it did seem like there was a little odd vibe there. That their marriage conversation was, uh, it was funny. <laughs> it's like you were the best of them. He's like, that's terrifying. <laughs> <Which> <laughs> was just, that was, that elicited a huge laugh from the uh, live audience we were watching with and. I mean, she's not wrong though. He was. The it's a very low bar to clear, but still. <laughs> he, he's way better than Ramsey. and uh
1: I don't think it's ridiculous or preposterous to see some kind of romance there, but that's, it's I don't see it. I don't I don't see it. I don't think that's where they're going Yeah, to go. I don't, I don't I really don't think it makes sense. I hope it's I a do, mutual respect thing. They work together because they think that they could have enough uh, uh a strong enough of a relationship, bond, friendship whatever it is to maybe flirt with uh, each other like i could see them like flirting bantering maybe flirt's not quite the word i could see them banter with each other and i definitely feel like they have a bond they've been through a lot of the same stuff you know what i mean they've been in like these leadership positions where their powers questioned and they've had to deal with cersei and they uh, they think they do have a lot in common
0: yeah I agree. And, uh, and I liked Masande's line there. It's like, because Sansa says, we never work out between us, and people are expecting like, a variety of possible reasons why it might not work out between y'all. But she says, the dragon queen, like, oh, that's the reason? Sure, okay, that's a valid reason. That's one of those things that, like, you know, if you ever, like, tried to, like, talk to somebody, like, at a bar, like, you're, you kind of want to flirt with them, and they just like, oh, I can't talk right now, because I'm doing, you know, I'm having a drink, you know? <laughs> like wait that's the perfect time to have a talk so it's like one of those excuses that isn't really an excuse but it's it's being polite the real reason is no actually i think you're ugly i don't want to talk to you you know but that's really rude and so maybe sansa was just like oh it wouldn't work out because um the dragon queen yeah that's why but i, I didn't actually read it that way but i you know upon reflection i was like that would be funny if that's really what she was saying there sansa might not know
1: it, but another good reason is that Tyrion's. 2 and O with dead <laughs>
0: <laughs> loves. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> He's cursed, perhaps. Uh, Big E says, I can see Danny talking to Arya. You saved us from death. Is there anything I can grant you? And Arya asks for Gendry's legitimization. That's a great theory. I hadn't thought of that. Yes, I think there's a really good chance for that. And, we, and the way show, the show has left things, Storm's End hasn't had a ruler for... I don't know since Stannis.
2: But <laughs> see, what, what the, what's interesting about that is, of course, that's asking for the reinstatement of House Baratheon.
0: Ooh, <laughs> good point. Yeah, maybe he's like, no, not Baratheon. We're going to give you a new name. You can be, you can have Storms End, but you're going to be House Blacksmith, <laughs> <laughs> House, House Fully I don't know, something like that. Just no more Baratheons. Yeah, I could, I could see her saying that. But uh, I do think that you know a, a reward for Gendry is appropriate. Uh, even he fought, and he forged, and uh, Arya did even more. Real, real quick, does anyone remember specifically the last moment
1: we saw Gendry? I, I can't... He's someone I couldn't, couldn't account for for sure if he was alive <laughs> or dead. I think he might be
0: the only one. He... I don't remember if we saw him after his waiting for someone to come above the wall. Yeah, he, he was among the people that was just waiting for that first head to pop above the wall, and then as, as soon as one does, Smash he starts hammering. One. I don't remember her, uh, seeing him again after that, maybe, maybe once or twice we see his face, but I it's feel the same like, thing. I feel like all the characters that died... In this episode, at yeah. least, they made pretty
1: clear they were yeah. dead. And there's some, like, I don't know about that one, but I feel like all of them, by the end, I was like, okay, they must have made it. Yeah. But I, except for Gendry, he's the only one I wasn't quite sure about.
0: I'm almost almost positive he lived, but you're right. Uh, that's And that's a fair complaint. It was confusing. Uh, a lot of times, like, the action made it hard to tell. Uh, uh, I,
2: yeah, I see people in the chat, like, he's alive. I'm like, we, we do know and, and think and all of that that he's alive. What we're highlighting is the fact that it is unclear.
0: Yeah. 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 It wasn't, it, it, there's ways to have it be clear, but, you know, just by watching the episode in, in, you know, with that alone, without freezing, without looking back, it's, it's, it's kind of unclear. Cause there's so many characters to keep track of. have got like 20, at least 20 named characters flying around. That
2: they episode. all get all dirty and bloody. Dark and, and fiery. And, yeah. And yeah.
1: A lot of them have beards and are helmets, you yeah. know. <laughs> Covering our faces.
0: So, okay, so yes. Now we are moving as uh, if, for people who aren't aware, we're moving away uh, gradually away from our praise for the episode into our criticism for the episode. The farther we get into the episode, probably the, the maybe the harsher the criticisms will get. But mostly it'll just be a little up and down. Uh, also, uh, at the end of the episode, apparently Sean's gonna dance because we got so many live viewers. So you're gonna want to stay tuned for that. Sean's uh, jet lag long weekend dance might be a little different <laughs> than here, his uh, song ready, Sean. No, no, let me, let me, let me think. Let me think.
2: Definitely think think about it. You have a while.
0: Next question is from Anthony Gonzalez. Would have been better if Theon distracted the Night King or his other guards was what helped Arya get the jump on him. I kind of agree with that. That might make more sense, but you know, from a show perspective, they really wanted to keep Arya's business a secret till the last second, right? They did not want to clue people in any more than they did. They didn't want the hero running away from the hound and Melisandre with purpose to be such a giveaway. As we talked about, it was hard to catch, even though it was. In retrospect, it's pretty obvious, but only in retrospect because things so much, so much is happening, your emotions are going crazy. I don't, yeah, I don't feel bad for missing that. But
1: <laughs> here's one thing: I'll I'm say. okay with their decision to do this. Yeah. What do you think? One, one thing to keep in mind on some level, and, and I'll, 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 I'll pair this with complaints I had about last week. Even though last week was like my kind of episode, right? Yeah. Like big character development as opposed to big action. But even then, I complained a little bit about some of the scenarios don't make sense. Some of this yeah. is a little bit staged. But guess what? This is a TV show. And, and, and even, let's say, imagine this was a play. Imagine like we were like going out to a theater with live actors on stage watching all this. The greatest play ever of all time. <laughs> you can you imagine if this was like a stage production? Who would dare complain that the actors are like tilted toward the audience instead of facing each other?
2: Right? Two things, Sean. Okay. One, you've been talking an awful lot about plays lately. I think I know what I need to get you as a gift is tickets to a play or something. Maybe. <laughs> I was so I was so <laughs> enjoyed the
1: the, the musical, nice Firecon. Yeah. That was my
2: second point. Okay, that yeah. They did, you know, Westeros, and America, you know, an American musical, which is obviously a reference to Hamilton, and it was phenomenal and in a, just phenomenal. a 2-hour space they managed to compress so much material. And, you know. And bring bit,
0: me you know. to tears, I'm yeah. telling you. All yeah. of us, the room there, it was, it was a leaky room, let me tell you. They did a fantastic job. Shout out to Brian and everybody. I was, was in tears sometimes
2: from how hard I was laughing. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. There were tears
0: of joy and tears of just good acting, sadness, et cetera. Mm. It was, it was really good. Yeah. Big shout out to them. That's one of the things I wanted to mention. Uh, we said we'd briefly talk about a few Ice and Fire con things, a few highlights. We didn't want to talk about it too much because we're, we're preparing to talk about it more and because, uh, we have so much to talk about with regard to this episode. But since it was segwayed here, let's give it a second yeah the the musical was amazing had so much fun seeing all the other podcasters and listeners and friends that were there, and watching the episode in a big group is just so so fun that that's really uh indescribable to share the emotions with everybody and then to talk about it afterwards um I'll have like I said, I'll have more to say later, but just just now I'll gush a little and then let Sean do the same <laughs>
1: yeah there's there are moments at the con that I feel like are highlight moments not not just of this year but like and that's kind of cheesy or bold to say but like maybe in my life there's moments of this that are like I'll remember for my life. And and some of those moments are like my fourth favorite moment from this con. <laughs> it's something I'm going to remember for life, you know.
0: <laughs> it's really yeah, I've said it before, I'll say it again. There's really nothing like if you're someone who's introverted or maybe you're just you have trouble finding people to talk the show about the show with or you're, maybe you're you just you live in a place where you don't have a lot of opportunity for that. This is where you get the exact opposite. It's just everybody is just at the drop of a hat willing to talk about a variety of different Game of Thrones and Song of and Player topics. They're just it's it's your people, you know. That's that's how I like to put it.
1: And they do, they put on a lot of fun events there. Uh it's typical of cons to have like panels, which are we have oh man like <laughs> we did a lot <laughs> <they're things>. so <laughs> experts knowledge is so depth sitting on one of those panels you just learn so much yes and, variety um, topics
0: just yeah, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. but but in addition to that uh which you know that's enough for me but they also have events like like a sword fighting tournament and a, and a musical and so many things happen it's such an exciting event
0: all right well, let's move on um anthony gonzalez question brand couldn't even tell uh that a tell him that a giant was coming. And he did see the giant in that vision at the beginning of season seven. He saw the army of the dead walking. It was a really cool scene of them walking through the ice and snow. We saw that giant. That was the same giant, I'm pretty sure. Uh, cause he had one eye. People were joking about how it being, it was Macumbo. <laughs> Macumber <laughs> or whatever that giant's name was. Uh, so yeah, he couldn't. So that's, I think this, this, this super chat may have been in response to Ken see the future. Well, he's, that was the present. <laughs> and he didn't tell them. He's like, now nah, the army of the dead coming. Yeah, he might have, he might could have mentioned that there were a few giants in the the army that might have been, but for all we know, he did mention it in the strategy session. We missed a lot of what was actually said. How much would
1: they have done differently if they did know, I don't know. One thing they
0: could have done is barricade the door a little better. It was a little silly to me. That's a fair complaint that the door was so easy to knock down. It wasn't barricaded very well. And, uh yeah uh, there are other things that were wrong with the battle military wise but let's let's finish these questions first and get to that uh I,
1: real quick get sure. th- I, I forgot what it was but i had it i still had another thought we went on a tangent the play oh i just wanted to say the idea of a play okay if you just turn the camera on and film the play it doesn't make the play less good right right so some things that happen in a show that i might want to complain about sometimes when it's more dramatic i feel like it's kind of staged sometimes when it's actiony maybe it doesn't make total sense right but uh, it's Freaking cool, man! you jumps. She came down, but like yeah, it was so uh, cool. What did she jump off of? She I did don't the care. move. She did yeah. the dagger drop thing that she did with Brienne. It was so cool. We're gonna get these cinematic, actiony moments. that People are gonna love. Yeah. Even if there's some little detail about how they set that up that doesn't quite work, it's okay. Even just like there might be some little detail about how they set up some conversation with characters it might not make sense. But what's important is that conversation between the characters. This image on screen. This moment of Ari being a hero. Like it. I, I, as much as I, as many complaints as I have about how some of the details of action played out, in the end, we still get these awesome moments. It's mm. still freaking awesome. We, yeah, once again leap to the air, cheering <laughs> at that moment. You know, so uh,
0: yeah, and, and like you said, there are some fair criticisms of that moment, but it's not that there are criticisms of maybe of a plot nature, perhaps, um or maybe a detail. Like one detail that I thought was funny, it doesn't really bother me, but it's weird. Is that Arya sneaks up behind him, jumps, and he catches her, but. That's cool, but she's screaming. She jumps and she's yelling. Ah! She's just like, "You're trying to sneak up on him. Don't do that." <laughs> so I was like, "Uh, whatever." She anyway. was holding back that whole time. She finally <laughs> let it out. She finally <laughs> let it out. And and for plot reasons, you know, Night King dying at episode three feels, even though we predicted it, even though we kind of saw it coming in a lot of ways, but it was kind of a cynical prediction because we're like, yeah, that's probably what they're going to do. It wasn't like, I bet that's what they're going to do. We were like, this is probably what they're going to do. And it was what they did. And it's like, that was kind of too easy. Sure. We lost a lot of characters. We lost Melisandre. We lost Theon. We lost Beric. We lost uh, Jorah. We lost Ed. We lost uh, some other people that I forgot. But Liana, we lost... But Night King, we lost Cuono and uh, but we didn't lose we we didn't lose Brienne, we didn't lose Graham, which I'm not complaining about, we didn't lose them, but it felt like the stakes should have been a little higher. I think maybe you know, we didn't see any of our favorites raised from the dead and actually fight someone we saw them raise we saw ed wake up we saw leona wake up but no one came to face to face with those whites which we really thought that would happen yeah, we really we... thought that would be a, a such a great moment that, i mean maybe they well they did it with carcy and that was it that felt like foreshadowing not like the one time they were going to do that oh well
1: it, it, we did expect more heart-wrenching moments it, yeah. it seemed like I, I don't know if there's some sort of plot reasons yet to be seen or if there's some directive from the board of hbo like don't push it too hard don't kill yeah. danny or whatever you know
0: I yeah mean. yeah uh from adrian mendoza a question to aziz and sean are you guys disappointed in the episode well this is where the portion of the episode where we're starting to register our disappointments i won't speak for sean i wasn't disappointed in the episode i was just disappointed with certain parts of it and that's usually how i am with game of thrones episodes because there's so much going on that it's usually not, one thing doesn't usually, or even ten things can't ruin an episode for me if there's ten good things also. And there was a lot of good and a lot of bad, and that's just very normal for Game of Thrones. So no, I th- I've even though it was a really epic episode, it was long, It was they spent so much money on it. In a lot of ways, it was a lot like a Game of Thrones episode, which is that it had a lot to like and a lot to not like.
1: I will say I was frustrated with the episode. But also, I kind of expected to be frustrated with the episode. Yeah. You uh, frequently
0: are frustrated with yeah. battle episodes.
1: And I might say that I was disappointed with the episode, but I think I might also, despite expecting to be frustrated, still had high hopes. Yes. Does that makes sense? I, uh, it's hard for me to make any one of those statements by themselves, because it's not really as meaningful as them in context with each other. Is that, yeah. Does that make yes. sense? Yes, yes. Uh, I, I expected to have this big battle episode that's going to have me rolling my eyes left and right. And it kind of did. Right, um, but I also expected this might be the best battle episode of all time, and eh, it wasn 't really, yeah, you know
0: <laughs> so, yeah. it had yeah, I agree with that, um and I think maybe part two uh, as well, I think a lot of people who who had big crit and, you're not, and is, you 're not know, necessarily, obviously you 're not like a big obsessed book reader, but a lot of the complaints about this episode were from book readers, which who just had like their favorite episode of all time, or we had, or, you know, so it's like, boy, that if, as far as resetting your expectations, having a night of the seven kingdoms would be such an amazing episode. That's going to make you even more excited for this episode. Yet it's still that, that forgets that it, these same basic things are always going to happen. There's always going to be things that don't make sense. There's always gonna be you know, not enough time to do all the things. It's the nature of battle episodes uh, for a lot of it. Um Next question is from swizzle sticks, the green warlock. Good name, by the way. Sam was there with the Horn of Winter. It's a shame he didn't even use it, even if it were a dud. Yeah, they really abandoned that plot line a while back, didn't they? (laughs) If it ever was a plot line. I guess we can't be 100% sure it ever was. But Sam, they got that horn off the fist of the first man. Sam took it with him. And (laughs) that, we, that's, no one heard, no one's heard from it again. I heard from it again. Yeah.
1: This reminds me of something. And I'm guessing that book readers have way more like ideas to feed into this because I don't know as much about Euron. I haven't got to him. Um, But here's an idea, again, kind of thinking of maybe the Night King representing something, some bigger ideal, been symbolic, and especially when I started thinking about World War II. The Night King maybe represents the dragons, maybe represent the nuclear option, right? The the Night King, let's say the Night King is Hitler, and to deal with Hitler, we introduce the nuclear option, right? Mm. Well, Hitler goes away, the nuclear option is still around, the dragon is still there. What if Euron uses a horn to get a dragon? So now both sides have nuclear weapons. And yeah, I think anyway.
0: that's, that's a big... That is, in fact, a very... Uh, <clears throat> I feel like
1: the show hasn't done enough to go there, but... The book is... Uh,
0: that's not, that's, that's an, uh, not an unlikely way for how the book will get a, uh, an enemy riding a dragon. Because uh, Euron is... Book Euron is show Night King for a lot of the plot lines. So that's a good call. That's a good call. Uh, Zach Fish asked, why didn't Mel bring an army of red priests as backup? You'd think that she would have had broad support from Essos. We definitely f- thought that too. <laughs> we thought that was not unlikely, but, uh, the problem is, it's just more characters. It's just law of conservation of characters. They gotta cast all these red priests, give them robes or whatever they gotta do, and just have Mel do it. You know, I think in the books, that's exactly what we're gonna get. We're gonna get red priests. We're gonna get, uh, just what? Worshippers who aren't priests
2: i'm just really disappointed we didn't get my love kinvara back
0: yeah that would have been nice to have kinvara mm-hmm. good point i didn't even think of that that would have been great um so it's not too
1: late yeah,
2: yeah. It's okay
1: three but, episodes to bring back kinvara
0: and feature the horn and I, I think it's 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 way too late yeah i think it's way too late <laughs> so well, yeah that that attitude i'm sure <laughs> right. um why uh next question is from Jason Elkins. If any of you have ever listened to our uh n- no longer active podcast Fandom Media, Jason Elkins is announcer Jason. He says, going to miss the second part, but I think the main problem with this episode isn't what happened but that the writers mostly didn't tell us any they'll tell us why in world these things were happening. Excellent complaint. We were going to raise this on our own, so this is a perfect segue. Yes, we did not get an explanation for the white walkers for the most part other than they were made by the children because they were losing this war against the first men and, or the Andals. It's not, and that's it. It's kind of that one or two lines of dialogue, which is better than nothing, but for such a big part of the show to just get only a couple lines of explanation. I do agree. That's not enough.
1: You know, uh, Jason's question here could could apply to a lot of different things. Like, it's occurring to me that some of these, like, complaints or questions we have about, like, the battle strategy. Why the Darth Riker in front out Adela- of... Yeah. Could have been explained away with a line of dialogue, you know? Yes, like, like, same I, thing. I even same threw thing, yeah. that out randomly earlier, but if Danny just said one time, like, my troops will be out front. Mm. And someone could even stand up and say, but, my grace, <laughs> there wouldn't be a, uh, you know, your troops got to show the cup. My troops will be out front,
0: you know? Yeah. It could be. It absolutely could be. And a lot of people are like, okay, sure. Yeah, you're be out front. Yeah, we're fighting the dead. Yeah, go right ahead. <laughs> Take that. Um, and, okay. And here's a good one, too. Like I, I defended John and Danny as Azora High and Prince that was promised because they did so much to make this battle happen and to get everybody ready for it. But the inverse of that, it does not seem that Night King, was to be defeated by someone that wasn't Azor Ahai or Prince that was promised. That part does not fit as well. I've coined the term Azor Aharia, but I think that's a fair criticism, that it was set up, it isn't necessarily set up that Jon and Danny have to kill Night King, but it wasn't set up for someone else to do it, except for the clues we noted with Arya much more recently. So I think that's fair that Arya was never wrapped up in any of this prophecy stuff like we called it other people called it because the foreshadowing was there but Arya wasn't part of the the prophecy stuff except for a little bit with melisandre and that feels like some of that may have been kind of adapted after the fact you know like they they said they've they said they've known for years that Arya would kill night king they said three or <coughs> more years well that's three or more three uh, at least three i think he said
1: i thought he said the past three years he may have said, but started, I'm not sure. I think he
0: said that. past three at least, or something like that. It was, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't put pin him to that, even if he did say three, because uh, that,
2: either way, we can clarify this on Wednesday. The yeah, and yeah, we don't yeah. have that is that he <coughs> just arrived from.
0: Flight. Yeah. So anyway, the point is that there's more to it necessarily than has been said so far, and more to it that's under the surface potentially. Um, Matt H says. Snoked. (laughs) yeah that is that's very very similar where which is when the main bad guy dies way sooner than you're expected or perhaps he's not the main bad guy but uh which is maybe the true for snoke but not for night king night king has been the main bad guy for a long time or a main bad guy uh sure cersei has been too but anyway (laughs) i don't need to repeat that complaint so Yes, actually, Okalos O'Milos says, the true origin of the White Walkers from the prequel pitch in Jane Goldman and George R. Might We Trust. Yes, actually, I meant to say that. We got off, uh, we, I got off on a tangent or maybe Sean did. I don't even remember. One of us got off on a tangent and we are going to get this explanation that we didn't get in the show. Uh, this is, this, yeah, this was, this was responding to Jason's question, I suppose. We didn't get a great, thorough explanation for where the White Walkers came from. But this prequel show does intend to tackle that, and that might be entirely why they backed off on some of these details. are like, hey, if this is going to get shown in the prequel show, this gives us more time to do other things. And I don't love that decision, but if we get it, eventually, if we get that origin, eh, as long as we get it, I'm cool with it. You know, I would rather it be here, but if we get both, eh, eh, that's cool. Imagine the the irony and depth
1: that will be generated from a prequel so many things like oh just like in season six <laughs> you know, like,
0: that's why you know. that's true that's true um okay so let's let's issue some more complaints uh y- you let's unleash you with your full fury of things that were wrong with this battle and i will agree or defend probably agree with a lot of them defend a few of them
1: well, some of it might be with the the battle. Some might be with the presentation of the battle. I mean, um, yeah,
0: exactly. All of it. let wrap it all up, yeah.
1: Yeah. In, in a ball. Hit it. <laughs> and 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 a lot of it's we've already kind of hit on. Yeah. And a lot of it I've already kind of come to terms with in my mind. But, um, like, a, one of my initial biggest complaints was that it doesn't make sense to have the Dothrack. It doesn't totally make sense to me to have them lined up in front of the wall in the first place. I felt like, in general, the army should have been lined up alongside like flanking the wall you know um maybe even totally behind it although that might to counter that you know that might be hard because the white walkers are kind of totally surround eventually anyway uh so um it didn't make sense for me to charge out there but i can easily see that being kind of a random thing it wasn't
0: the plan in the first place um let me me me. back up real quick just to say that i think (laughs) the most fair complaint that i think Anyone can have. I think is super agreeable. You should not argue with anyone who has this complaint, no matter what your opinion is. It was too dark. They went for darkness, and it's cool. I like the choice to make it dark, but it was too dark. There's too many times, you just could not see what was happening. Yeah, this is what the
2: episode looked like for all of you. There you go. There you go. (laughs) Let's let's look closely. What do you see? Yeah. Let's just do the podcast like this for a minute, I think, (laughs) and see how we all enjoy this.
1: Can I pick my nose right now? Is it a safe moment? Yeah.
2: It's, it's completely black. They can't see anything. Okay, Go good. ahead, Sean. Yeah.
0: So yeah, so I didn't mean to interrupt Sean there, but I wanted that to start with the that's like I think the yeah. most like you, you shouldn't like even <laughs> if you didn't think it was too dark, I you should not argue with someone who said it was too dark.
1: Yeah. Um
0: and I almost did. So so I'm <laughs> I'm talking to myself. I should not argue with anyone. Else. Even I
1: mm-hmm. who in general might want to defend this or not might typically would defend this. Like I I want shows to be more realistic. I, like I'm even frustrated by them not wearing helmets more often. That, that bothers <laughs> yeah. me, but I've just accepted it. It's just part of how TV's got to be presented. It's hard enough especially again when yeah. I remind myself of the average viewer out there. We we, we it's, <laughs> the idea of us like not knowing the name of a character, right? Like pff, we we know their name, their house words, their father's <laughs> name. Well, we know so much, but there's a lot of people out there they like that's the one. It helps out Sansa. They don't don't know Brienne, or maybe if they hear, oh yeah, Brienne of Tarth, it'll click in her mind, you know. But we're so thoroughly familiar with these characters. But put yourself in the your shoes of someone who's barely keeping up with the names, just watches it one time, you know. And then put helmets on everybody. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So and then imagine if you like turn all the lights off. It it's just a tougher. It's already confusing because it's battle. You're already jumping back and forth in a lot of different parts of the battle. There's the battles. This particular battle has a lot of commotion. You know, there's, there's a swarminess of the, yeah, the, the whites coming. So across. many bodies, yeah and, and a, all the fire part of me wants to maybe defend this a little bit even though it's you know, like I start off defending it because it's more realistic, okay? yeah. and <clears throat> but maybe you sacrifice this realism just like not having people wear helmets so the audience can tell what's going on. Yeah, exactly now, right
2: yes so if gonna, if gonna, if they, they
0: make other concessions? why not why that not this one, one? Yeah. right And
2: I, I kind of missed what you guys were talking about because I was looking at the chat, but I also want to bring up sci-fi movies in space. There's no sound, but a sci-fi frequently has to make the decision, yeah. and some science fiction has had no sound, and sometimes they've managed to make it work, but most of the time they're like, it just doesn't quite work for audiences. You want to hear yeah. the
1: ship blast off, you want to yeah. hear the laser fire. Sounds and- are
0: cool, like like think about <laughs> Star Wars, like TIE Fighter sound is iconic, like I don't want to have not lived, growing up with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: very true, yeah. So, um so, a- another potential argument.
0: <laughs> Hang on. Okay. Khaleesi is the redhead chick, right? Is from a comment I just saw. <laughs> yes, right in line with what you're saying. <laughs> Jukaris is the name of the dragon. <laughs> her name, yeah, her name is Khaleesi. That's right. Her full name is Khaleesi.
1: <laughs> so, a- a- another angle here that might make me a little more understanding is that having it extra dark, they-, they might get away with a little bit more the choreography, whether or not the swords are really clanging, the CGI of the zombies or whatever. like they can, they, I can imagine it might have saved them a million dollars. A lot, yeah. You know what, what I mean? Stage, like
0: a, like a, a good like, 8% of the budget or something like that, which yeah. is a lot,
1: yeah. Uh, just by having it dark enough so they don't have to actually CGI out 48 whites in the yeah. scene. They can just do three of them in a rest or silhouette or whatever. Double, you double, know? Double, yeah. They don't actually have to have you know jamie crashing to the hard ground they can have a a cushion behind them that's blurred in the darkness you know on and on you know i can i can see some technical production reasons it makes it easier on them i don't know if that's enough to justify it you know but uh it's uh it's frustrating i wish at least in like certain moments could have been brighter they could yeah. have found some Dying. way to, to to increase the brightness here and there my,
2: my happy some of my happiest moments in the episode were when fire happened not ju- not because of the whites being killed but just because i could actually see I, yeah. I
0: said the same thing earlier i was like yay with a fire pit lit that means we can <laughs> see better <laughs> so good <laughs> um Going back to the Dithraki, you know, for example, I did say that the, you know, their standard way to fight is to charge, but they also use arrows. So it wouldn't have been that, I guess it wouldn't have been that hard to say, hey, don't actually charge them all the way. Just get close, shoot them with your dragon glass slash flaming arrows, do a lot of damage, and run back. That would have made sense. And it still could have looked cool if they're charging with their flaming swords. It still could have looked like that. Then run back isn't in their language. Yeah, run back is not <laughs> in their language. I guess that's the problem. But. That would have been pretty effective. You know, like the whites wouldn't have been able to deal with that. You know, they could pepper quite a few and it wouldn't do. And that's the, the, but the biggest complaint about this issue, I think that's fair to me is consider their enemy. Like, yeah, maybe this charge will work. Maybe it will work. And I brought up the point about you got to do desperate thing, desperate times, call for desperate measures. Sure. That's, that's fair. Still. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying I was wrong earlier, but looking at it from another angle, why would you send all that fresh meat to them? <laughs> are just gonna kill that and it's gonna come that's what I thought was gonna happen it looked it almost looked like that's what was happening when the scene resolved Jorah comes back over he looks so like wobbly on his saddle you're like is he alive
2: yeah he that's right? a moment when it was too dark to tell it was too dark to tell and for a minute like it wasn't until we saw Jorah again after that scene that I was like oh wait he isn't ravaged with blue eyes and it makes sense in retrospect like of course he didn't get killed and stay on his horse and ride the horse as a as a dead white like yeah. they don't do that <laughs> yeah. which is why the Screamers even though they're You know large or imposing They're they're not still going to be wielding Their weapons and on their horses
0: Yes I agree. And a comment here from, uh, Putinesca621, everyone should have been wearing undershirts with dragon glass sewn into them, which is, it's obviously making a joke. But if they had more time, they would have done that. And that's the thing about the Dothraki shooting arrows. Like, I don't know that they had time to make enough arrows for whatever, 20, 30,000 Dothraki to have like a full quiver, you know, like we're talking about how, how under time pressure they were. Genji was making weapons until like the last minute. Not, by the way, not just time pressure. That's a lot of wood. It's yeah. a lot of trees to You're chop right. down. You're right. A lot of trees to Raw haul materials. to the
1: You know what I mean? Like they're already chopping down trees. It's winter. They need firewood. They need ramparts. The 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 catapults. They don't just have infinite resources.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, okay. So so another complaint. Uh, I'll maybe this will segue you do some other ideas, but I'll throw a quick one out here. When they come into the into the into the castle. Uh, there's a whole bunch of people yelling, Man the walls, man the walls. Like, why weren't they on the walls already? <laughs> yeah. What are they just <laughs> doing standing around in the courtyard just like I, th- I
2: mean like... we saw that everyone had their own circle and they were drinking and telling stories and <confession> <laughs> some of them were having sex and that's where everyone was. <laughs> oh oh man the wall
1: is it time for the Is the battle oh. happening? Oh someone go get Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it it reminds me of another thing too, that at the moment that it happened I kinda roll my eyes and I I I, I kinda decide into big picture things, like it doesn't really matter and I, Hey, you know, so many other things to complain about, but as long as you're gonna like air all agreements, is the idea is like
2: open the gate, opening like wait, is this Festivus? <laughs>
1: <laughs> now comes the time for the airing of the. I got a lot of problems with you people. <laughs> Instead of dancing, is he not gonna wrestle?
0: Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Let me just jump in real quick before you continue. Anyone who came in late, be aware. Ha- the first half of the episode was praise, mostly. There was a few complaints in there. Second half, we're mostly criticizing. So if you're coming in and wondering why we're complaining so much, because we almost never do that, that's why. We've parsed the episode half positive, half <coughs> venting. You know, we use we whatever term you want. We just want to
1: recognize it, even if we love it, that there were some problems with it. Or even if we thought there were no problems with it, well, a bunch of people did think there were problems with it. We do not want to just ignore that. They can't all be wrong or stupid, you know. So, Totally agree. Only 99% of them. The the key (laughs) word
2: here is nuance. You don't have to just hate or just love something. You can feel many things. Oh, in fact, you remind
1: me, Shia, because earlier, talking about the idea was I disappointed. Like, the the reason I would be disappointed is because I expect so much. If I were just watching some random movie, like oh whatever, stupid action. But you know, I had high expectations because mm. they do such a good job. You know. Yeah.
0: So. Okay. So I, and and it is a good point here. Sometimes we get we get we get irritated over things that maybe an explanation fits. For example, Bill Sotherby in the chat just points out the man the walls bit was meant to swap archers with infantry on the ramparts, and they is sp- explicitly said that it's like. Back the archers off, replace the archers. They said that. So maybe that's what it was. There wasn't room on the walls for everybody. We've already made the point earlier that Winterfell was too small compared to the book Winterfell anyway. There definitely wasn't enough room for everyone to be on the walls. Totally fair point. Maybe that's an invalid criticism. Good example of that. So see, we're just working it out right here. That's why – let me tell you another quick anecdote. When we finished watching the episode at Ice and Fire Con, most people gathered and started talking – I went to our room and sat there by myself for about thirty minutes. I, I happened to run into uh, Dark Mother and so I wasn't actually by myself. We went out there and chatted and, but we didn't talk about the episode. Yeah, I just so wanted time chatted, to process. Chatted. <laughs> yeah. We chatted, but not about the episode. I just wanted to process and so and, and because of this, you know, sometimes we just the initial reaction, nothing nothing is wrong with initial reactions, but there's no way we have all the facts straight initially. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's so anyway, please continue. I don't know where you were.
1: (laughs) Uh, Just, uh, just a a kind of a a nitpick thing, but it just in context of the other things that went wrong. uh, But we just kind of, kind of explained one of them. But the idea that they would like raise the gate. They're like. You have like the most elite forces from <laughs> two <laughs> continents in front of your gate. Why is the gate closed? Maybe eventually you close it, but right now, <laughs> is it really? In fact, you probably need to have messengers and supplies running back and forth. Like, why do they have to raise the gate to let
0: Melisandre in or whatever? You know, uh, <laughs> people are going off in the chat with the with the Seinfeld reference to Moops and Moors. Remember that when when the the Trivial Pursuit card was misprinted and the guy answers more. and nope no George says nope says moops <laughs> sorry you're wrong. <laughs> That's really good. Yes. And someone says the moops are the Dornish in this in this setting. <laughs> <laughs> Tough but fair. The moopish. The moopish. <laughs> um. So I want to see seeing that I haven't seen a lot of positivity or negativity on it's one of those kind of just kind of set aside maybe maybe just been kind of lost in the shuffle is the aria kind of by herself running around kind of evading the whites in the library (laughs) which gave a lot of people jurassic park vibes uh dodging the um the velociraptors which yeah that's a good that's that is a good that that is really good because it's the same trick like you can fool them with sound and it got people thinking it got us thinking one of the conversations we had at ice and fire con was like what senses do they have? Like, they don't seem to have a good sense of smell, which is, makes sense. Humans don't have, like, we don't, we don't have good senses of smell compared to the animal kingdom. But our sight's decent, and our hearing, nothing's wrong with our hearing, really. Uh, we don't have great hearing. But, you know, that makes sense. Like, what senses do they have? What do they respond to? Yeah. It's, it's not a question we, we really need to answer. We but wouldn't it's, necessarily
1: it's like, smell blood on the floor. or You know what I mean? Smell yeah. that someone's <laughs> wounded or something like that. But we would hear a footstep, you know. Um, Oh, shoot. I had a thought. I just lost it. We're talking about. Oh, I just wanted to say my, uh, one of the panels I was on, the one with Rebecca and Tomas, um, was on cinematic influences on Game of Thrones. And we didn't even get through half the material that we yeah. could have. And now we have new material that Jurassic Park, like that's a good parallel. I bet. I bet if you go back and watch those scenes. Yeah.
0: I see someone say here in the chat that. Or ask, what? not sure what happened to Alice Carstark. It's something we talked about a little bit offline, that Alice Carstark appeared to be in Theon's units. She seemed to have a bow and was going with him, so it doesn't look like anyone, well, except Bran, survived that. So Alice Karstark probably wasn't a major enough character for her to get an explicit death scene.
2: Well, uh, yeah, I, I wonder who's around there, and I wonder who else witnessed Arya kill the Night King, if anyone. Oh, besides brand yeah besides good Bran, point it maybe she's back there she didn't die we didn't see her die and she's one of the people that's like <laughs> it was amazing she ran behind the
0: tree she's like i don't know what theon's <laughs> doing charging like i'm gonna go back <laughs> but here no,
2: I, I do assume <laughs> that she is dead but yeah. you know technically not a confirmed death which i clarify because a lot of people are betting and stuff Oh yeah. Episodes and have drafts <laughs> and you know of leagues and stuff like that. So when you don't know, <laughs> I don't know how they do that for these drafts and bets. Mm, that's a good point.
1: I wanted to say something. Good question? Rather, go ahead. How you talked about you know at the end of it, there's no way it's all set in your mind. You don't need to reference anything or figure something out, whether it's a detail or your memory or your take on it. But <clears throat> one thing that I did kind of join this collective of people, you know, and again, this is like. Uh, this is like all of us at Ice and Fire Con, but a lot of the people at Ice and Fire Con are, you know, content creators, people who study this, experts, people who know more than me for sure, you know. And we all came out after having just watched it. And I was in a group of five or seven people. Someone was talking about how R.A. used Cat's Paw to kill the Night King. And so I was like, no, 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 she used the tip of her spear. No, 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 she gave Cat's Paw to... No, that was... She- Sansa pulled out a And like... We all just watched the same freaking thing. <laughs> and none of us are like newbies that don't know what's going on. And we all, we were like, one or two people were like, sure, on either side. So then I started asking other people, like, hey, what was it? And one person was, like, I think it was this, and I'm not sure. And one person's like, it was definitely this. And someone was like, no, it was definitely like. We could And then Asha comes up and she says, "It was definitely this. Me and ten other people just had this big discussion, and half of us thought one, half thought the other, and then we all agree with this." And I'm like, "Well, we just had this big discussion, <laughs> and like, so someone like pulled up the episode on her phone, fast, found the moment. Sure enough, it was Caspall. By the way, to be clear, if anyone out there, it was It wasn't practice. clear to you. It was certainly Caspall. But it took." Literally two dozen experts debating for fifteen minutes. They couldn't decide until we have visual proof. To yeah. eventually,
2: <laughs> eventually, um our good friend Matt, Matt M, he just looked it up on his phone on He's like, "Let's just solve this once and yeah. for all, and like, I'll see it and not deal with. Well, maybe this journalist got it wrong, and so we, just, <laughs> yeah. we saw definitively."
0: Yeah. And that's, that's a perfect example. Of what I was just saying is like how people, sometimes you argue or you have a feeling about the show based on a detail you got wrong. And once you get, there, once you, once that's, you are like, Oh, that was that. that yeah, maybe that, that may not change your opinion, but it may completely change your opinion. Yep. Yep. So it's, it's all, yeah, it's all part of the, I mean, these are things that we are, are pretty good at because we do this show so often. So we're, it, it's part of our, Pre- pre- preparation to make these things. We're, it's our job to think about things from multiple angles. It's our job to think about things from angles we don't necessarily agree with. So I, I'm not criticizing anyone for not being sophisticated and thinking things through first. It's just that's what our habits have become over, over time by doing this show um okay i watch every episode at least three times same podcast take notes but not this time because we didn't have have time yeah (laughs) we got twice this time yeah and usually (laughs)
1: at least one of those episodes on like pause notes rewind yeah slow fast forward like a you know a, a careful studying of it and uh um it's ah, it,
2: suckers with your Monday stream. I still get to go through and do frame by frame, <laughs> screenshotting and everything before Wednesday. I'll be yeah. well prepared.
1: <laughs> yeah. And it, it's neat for me how much my thoughts evolve and, you know, over 12 hours. Yeah. Um, that's why you get part of I of did. It. And, and even with all that, like throughout this broadcast, like up to the moment, we're about to start in the middle of it, like Oh, Oh, still coming up with new stuff. So <laughs> it's silly for me to think that I have it all figured out after <laughs> I watch it one time. You know? <laughs>
0: Uh, F. Drellashack says, the Ironborn could have watched the episode a thousand times by now. If it's it's the rate they build ships, yes, he's right. (laughs) Someone else says, here, Sansa, use this mundane dagger to protect yourself. I'm keeping the good one. (laughs) Someone else says, I thought the the Night King was going to speak for a second to Bran. I didn't get that vibe, but I thought Bran might speak for a second there. You know? We're not sure. Mm Mm-hmm but i'm not disappointed he didn't i just thought it might be happening because the way they kind of drew that moment out and he didn't immediately reach for a sword he kind of just locked eyes with him you know like he really wanted to savor the moment of his revenge here but nope shouldn't have done that it was like oberon you tried to you 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 gloated about your victory that's what happens
1: there's so many different things you can imagine being said there your your mind almost goes crazy. Like, I almost want to just like my head is they said this, and I can almost feel that same way about when Sansa came into the Crips there. Like in my head cannon, she did it the way I would. Uh, but I can also imagine the writers' room like they couldn't
0: agree, and like all right, I just won't say anything. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, let's talk about the Crips for a second. What we didn't like about the Crips, which I just thought that the Crips was kind of a, it was kind of, a, it didn't do much for me. You know, like we we expected something. It was basically what we thought the most likely thing was. We had alternate theories, but the most likely was, yeah, the dead will rise and it'll, people will die. But really, no one important died. No named character died. Even that little girl with the Shireen face seemed to come out of that okay. Uh, and, you know, Gilly was fine. Masande was fine. Tyrion and Sansa were fine. There were, this. Just, eh, there just wasn't much payoff there. The, the, they never seemed to be in that great of danger. It looked bad, but I don't know. I can't exactly put my finger on it, but it just, it didn't really hit for me.
1: I totally agree. In fact, this is, I kind of wish I had gotten this comment in earlier. This episode was kind of like a horror movie. Yeah. Right? And generally speaking, I don't like horror. Me neither. But, <laughs> but even within horror, I think they kind of failed. I think that this moment in a crypts, the reason it was like this dreadful thing is because there were characters that, we we expect, the characters we care about, we expect them to be down there. We expect them to be vulnerable and probably die. People who seem like they should be safe wouldn't be. Well, they were safe. They were yeah. fine. Totally fine. I, I wasn't yeah. worried one bit. They didn't make it horrific. They didn't
0: no one seriously. The terror was like from the outside. The most terrifying, most like conflicted moment in that whole scene was when Sansa was hearing the soldiers say, Let us in and they were dying outside. That was like mm-hmm. that was real for me. But that was like the I rest think of it if, didn't land very much. If
1: we'd seen a character we kill, cared about get killed, get like grabbed and pulled in and right in front of Sansa's face and she Uh-oh. shrieks. Or and, I
2: even imagine if one one of the soldiers yelling let me in let me in is one of the characters we care about <sighs> yeah,
0: yeah if that had been you know davos or, or someone yeah. yeah davos yeah anyone <laughs> just someone we knew yeah that would have been like a recognizable voice or we see them banging on the door from the other side and we know so we know who it is there's
1: so many ways they could have made that so much more horrific yeah. and we barely saw anything and again they also there's so many ways they could have made these characters heroic after all tyrion or sansa could have made a difference she even had the freaking dragon claw and by the way, in fact, even filmed it. <laughs> Cut it out. They actually did in that moment when they kind of <laughs> jump up and it cuts, I think, to John, that editing moment. Yeah. They actually did jump up and kill whites in that moment. So yeah. I'm extra, extra frustrated with this.
0: Yes. Um. Uh, here's a good, uh, you know, here's a new thought I had, maybe a way to frame things. I bought, I believed the tension before the battle. I believed it, a lot of it during the tension, during the battle. But it was more like... This is the tension of somebody who's about to fight in a battle, not in a battle against the dead. Like the terror should have been maybe a little higher. You know what I mean? Like, this is really damn scary. And you're right. So that, that's because you you raised that point with the horror thing. It was like the battle tension was good. The horror tension. Yeah, it wasn't really there. I, that's a good point. I didn't really think I didn't. I hadn't parsed that yet. And that's yeah. it, I think you think you're right. Real quick comments here. Zoilo asks, was Winter Hell foreshadowing? <laughs> good one, good one. Yeah, so back in season, I don't know if Arya, does Arya say Winter Hell in season two or is that only book?
2: Well, you mean you mean Hot Pie. Yeah.
0: Hot Pie, I'm sorry, yes. Is that, I can't remember if that was in the show it's or just book. It's in the book. show. It's it is in the, the show, show too? Yeah, okay. And he
2: asks, uh, you know, he, he just gets it wrong and calls it Winter Hell. Yeah. This, and this was a Winter Hell for all of these characters.
0: <laughs> and uh are you sure it was hot pie i thought hot pie is the one who says says you were yelling winterfelder in battle i heard you because she was like no i wasn't i yelled go to hell
2: in the show definitely okay hot pie that's probably
0: what the change was from book yeah, to show and, okay so I, i'm probably describing the book and the show is when hot pie says yeah,
2: it. hot pie just doesn't understand like how does he not? he just hasn't heard of Winterfell.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's funny um so okay so yeah people are backing you up on that so yeah i'm just getting book and show mixed up so that's cool um, I don't know if it was foreshadowing, but it sure works that way in retrospect. <laughs> I don't know if it was intentional. Uh, From Sir Clint-a-Lot. Blown opportunity not using a white walker-faced aria. She would have been wearing a face of death. That's kind of cool. I mean, then it wouldn't have been the sneaking up thing. She wouldn't have been using the same assassin skill. But I, I don't know if I don't know if it was a blown opportunity. But I think it would have been cool if she did that. You know, I think the way they did it was fine, too.
2: A lot of questions about the actual logistics of that. Of how you get a White Walker face without like if they die via just that's shattering.
1: true. It seems like killing them yeah, you're you're shatters
0: right. them. It's not possible, I guess. That's a good point. Yeah, you but couldn't do that. Well, maybe
1: you could capture one somehow, like they captured a White. <laughs> but this is a lot to ask of Arya yeah, I don't think or so. <laughs> yeah. anyone. Like, how do you remove show. its of face? Show, yeah. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, that's too much. Yeah. <clears throat> <know. laughs> then they're gonna have to talk to him and like break, you know, like get it psycho- like psychoanalyze this White Walker. Why do you hate humans so much? <laughs> was it was your? did your father do bad the things spin off <laughs> uh so let's see here let's we'll, we'll go for a few more minutes uh we'll get a sean dance in at the end so stay tuned for a little sean dance you better think of that song buddy you're getting close here uh let's talk about a few things that were maybe surprises that weren't necessarily bad but relate to something that i think was bad which is that the stakes weren't quite high enough we didn't it seemed like they were like, Oh, you're going to need the tears. Uh, you're going to need tissues after this one. And you know, some important characters died. It was tearful, but it wasn't as, it wasn't nearly as tearful as they built it up to be. We, I, I was led to, we were led to believe that some serious characters would die and it didn't, that didn't really happen. You know, and I, I'm not sitting here saying, I wish more characters would die, but I kind of am. I kind of I am, am saying am. that. I am. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, yes, you gotta, you gotta <clears throat> offer some stuff up to the many faced God.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I I feel like there's, I I went through this kind of back and forth. It was too easy to kill the Night King. Okay, we'll start with that. But then, well, okay, hold on. How many thousands and thousands of soldiers died to kill the Night King? Right? It took, uh, and some characters maybe didn't die, but risked death. And some characters that maybe didn't die or even risk death, all well, most of them probably risk death, but also <laughs> are, like traumatized for life. It's not like the only bad thing that can happen is you die, right? Having your friends killed in front of you—that's pretty bad. That's you know, and that's a cost. That's you know, I think it's safe to say that cost something. However, we didn't care about any of those thousands that died, right? As we're watching a show, we're not going to feel bad, as morbid as this might be. I think it's a Stalin quote says, so you know, like if. You know, if 50 people die, it's a tragedy. If 5 million people die, it's a statistic. It's a statistic, easy for me to say. Um, (laughs) So all those troops out there on the battlefield dying, we're not feeling, maybe we should, but we're not feeling emotion over it. But when Ed dies, like, oh, no, 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 you know. But, I mean, I'm telling you, I'm sure out there, there are some people that love Ed. I don't want to say he's not deserving. But generally speaking, the average viewer out there, who would have hit harder, Ed or Brienne? Yeah, no, you know question. Know I mean? there's no right. question there. As so much as we you, like edge, there's no question. Yeah. If you think in those terms, and different people are going to have different opinions, but generally speaking, I think if everyone out there made like a top ten list of characters, some people might have a certain character at nine or ten or maybe not make the list. But that but that character, a lot of people are going to have like two or three. You're going to see a crossover. You could come up with this sort of consolidated list you put them all together and get his average rankings or whatever. Maybe one or two people in the top ten die you know what i'm saying maybe maybe none i'm not sure how if how many people's list theon would have got on or liana stark but but no one in the top three you know and i think that's what we mean when we say there wasn't enough cost or it was too easy you know what i mean yeah yeah yeah, i agree
0: it's funny i see some a lot of i've been (coughs) watching the chat here and uh, got a lot of good comments as always there's the the comments and chats are really really good here um i see a few familiar faces i see a a good comment i want to highlight here that says uh, pretty pissed that there were no Mastodon whites. <laughs> <laughs> there were, the Mastodon, Ma- the Mastodon guys were in, uh, now there's two comments here. This isn't Mastodon like, like uh, Wooly Mammoths. <laughs> this is capital M, like the band Mastodon. Because there were Mastodon whites in the episode Hard Home. Three of the four do, guys it were in true.
1: there. They could have meant both.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It did. That's what I was going to say. It works both ways. And there was a, a thin hope that because there were no elephants in the, uh, uh in the Golden Company that maybe we would get some undead Wooly Mammoths. God, that'd be cool. But now they they only had m- or maybe some ice spiders as
2: big, big as, as cats you know, as, maybe, as yeah, cats yeah, that? <laughs> is that what it is cat, I yeah. don't know something
1: <laughs>
0: like that ice spiders as big as ghosts who we only got 15 seconds of <laughs>
1: so that's uh, right I, I remember wishing that there were hounds as big as ice hounds as big as spiders <laughs> yeah it's funny every day we wish for it, it's
0: like if we had lots of ghosts it would be like we could wish for that because we're not wishing for that instead of ghosts <laughs> Because <laughs> anytime you wish for something to be added, it's that is instead of ghosts, which we're already not getting. <laughs> yeah, so I see. Uh, yeah, so let's let's take another couple minutes and then we'll we'll call it a night. Uh, Sean, did you have any thoughts that we haven't gotten to yet? I'm double checking any, any, exactly any large scale things we missed. You'll have more chances to to weigh in with anything that was like too big that you missed. We'll be able to talk about on Saturday as we talk about our predictions again. And Saturday, we'll be back to our normal predictions and theories schedule, uh, 2 o'clock Eastern Standard on Saturday.
2: And we have a whole lot to talk about on Wednesday. A whole
0: lot to talk about on Wednesday. Me, Ashea, Lady Gwynn, will be going to town with lots of book-related stuff. There is more than you might have thought from a battle episode uh, as far as the books uh, go. So I look I, forward to bringing that yeah, to you.
2: I just have to say that... Episode 2 is my favorite episode in a long time and maybe my favorite episode, honestly. And Episode 3, I don't there's a lot of things I hated about it. I really disliked, but it's also the one that's gotten me more fired up to talk about Game of Thrones than I have in a few years.
0: Yeah, and it's not because you're fired up to complain.
2: No, it's not <laughs> yeah. because of that. It's the yeah. exact opposite. I couldn't sleep. I was thinking so much about the implications for the books. It's so true. I'm, you should I'm have seen, seen her afterwards. <laughs> she was uh,
0: she was she was going a mile a minute talking about all these ideas. It was great. <laughs> we'll we'll be get we'll get we'll be getting that organized for y'all for Wednesday. So, Sean, uh, any other thoughts? And do you have a song ready?
1: Uh, there's this song,
0: I, I, if I remember
1: right, it's called Hide You by Koshin. And it's, there might be more than one version, so look for a, a drum and bass version of Hide You by Koshin. Koshin, K O S H E E N. Hide You. It's possible it's just yes,
0: the letter U. It's, okay. I see a comment from ConBioYacker. No one saw the giant sticky traps? That's why there were no ice spiders. <laughs> <laughs> they got caught in the bug traps. Good call. <laughs> Fellas, I'll play Okay, i do I'll do what I did last time. I will be the chat reader for while Sean is dancing. Um, here we go. So this is a, the this is our official outro for this episode. Oh. Pick this and up. Here, we here we go. You get a little shot of Jack and the cat of black and white here too. Just do the whole, just do it all. We're going to go all the way out. This is the end of the episode, so if people want to tune out, they can. If anyone wants to stay, can stay. Watch the Sean dance. Start the dance. Start the dance before I piss myself. And we're off. Kitty, says Duncan the Small. LOL, says Ruth. (laughs) You are a great, guys. Love you all. Thank you, Daniel. Awesome from Michael Bertolino. The comment says, next episode, you should totally serenade the cat with the guitar. Jaspone says, sweet moves, man. Is this Fortnite? Says Hitchens Immortal. Have you tried the robot litter open air? Great stream. Look forward to the next one. You guys love books. Excellent moves. Jake is very curious about this. The cat is used to Sean dancing, clearly. Sean's dancing is making me thirsty for giant's milk. Uh, We have more cats are watching cat burn i love you guys punk see you whoa cat butt <laughs> someone says what's going on anyone who came in late you have entered the dancing portion of the stream which is the, the end we did a, a little over an hour of praising the episode a little under an hour complaining about it and nice little balance nice little split so, and we
2: got about almost 1900 people in.
0: Holy crap. I know. That is a new record for us, uh by a lot.
2: Yeah. We did quite hit 2000.
0: So, you think you can dance, Westeros? White boy dancing? Man, I need to get a cat treehouse so right. he stops using my goddamn desk. <laughs> You've got the dance moves, I've got a stripper pole. We'll join our houses. <laughs> nice. Our feelings on the episode in interpretive dance. (laughs) He's been to a rave or two. Whoa, nice moves. That is awesome. Fantastic. Great stream. Thanks. All right, everybody. Thank you very much. Yes. Next week, Aziz and Sean dance. If we get to 2000, I will have to join Sean uh, for comic relief. (laughs) But anybody, I mean, anybody? Anyway, thanks, everybody. We really appreciate y'all coming out to our later, later stream, our evening stream, our at post Ice and FireCon stream. And we will see you guys Wednesday and or Saturday and more Game of Thrones action is coming. Valar rewatch us and Valar reread us. you.